Strap yourselves in, kids, because we got a real podcast for you today. We got our boy Kasike Jakar on here. Good lord, man! What a great one! It's fucking great! It was a marathon, bro. Yeah, hundred uh, percent was a marathon. Yeah, but we touched on all kinds of great stuff. I mean, uh, why he hates the Beatles because that's just what he wants. to <laughs> He's and, just like referencing and, the very last thing we right. talked about. Uh, and then, yeah, <laughs> for the for the shortest amount of time, <laughs> yeah, right? Just, he just hates the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just joking. He's also playing this dope ass guitar thing going on behind us right now. Guitar thing. Um, but it's a. Uh, no, it was an awesome conversation because he has got a lot of great stuff going on with his band. Uh, a lot of talk about his experience in Nashville. Um, I mean, it was just it was such a all encompassing conversation. We got into some really great spaces. I thought, and I still felt like we could keep on going for another like three hours. But we got a whole other podcast coming with this dude for sure. Absolutely, man. <laughs> another time for sure. Hell yeah. So um, yeah, uh, tune in, enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think in the comments and. Uh, See you guys on the other side. New episode of Bottom of the Bill starts now. This is Bottom of the Bill. Where we talk about the modern grind of a musician. Album cycle. Hold on, Bill. Give me a second, man. Because we don't know what we're talking Spotify about. Spotify playlist. You keep interrupting me. That's not how we discussed it. Just give me a second, man. We invite established artists Festival on the show. Festival lineups. Can I just get my stuff out real quick? We invite established artists on to share their strategy to success. Marketing strategies. The premier do-it-yourself podcast. Hashtag DIY. Aw, oh, screw it. This is Bottom of the Bill. So, um, <laughs> never gets old when you do that. That's a great music joke, and no one ever gets it. Latido, yeah, don't let me fuss up. And people do that, like, go, go, so you just harmonize with So, Latido, yeah. That's funny. Lots of fun. Never you can go old. backwards. Solfege is just a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> what? Solfege. That's that's what that's called. A barrel of monkeys? Oh my god, no, the do re I know what solfege is. I'm saying what's what's the barrel of monkeys reference come from? You never heard that term? No. That's more fun than a barrel of monkeys? Yeah. Oh, you're saying that it's like it's more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Sorry. Whoops. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, coming Kasike. in hot today on a Tuesday. Casique, uh, thanks for being on the podcast, bro. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hell on. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> cheers, by the way. We gotta bring yeah, the cheers. cheers. Back. I don't. Wait, wait, wait. Since he's Cuban, let's do it the real way. So let's. Arriba, pa abajo, pa dentro, pa centro. Okay. You're more more, more Cuban than I am, apparently, because I don't know any of that shit. No, that was. was, That's just a. I think that was Colombia, man. No, that's just a. Everybody does that. B- uh, B- Billy has, he's from Kentucky. So Born and raised, want to fight about it? No uh, awareness <laughs> Dude, I, of Latin the cultures. Amount of people, or... The amount of people I know from Louisville and Lexington. So that's where I'm from, Lexington. Oh, man. Yeah. The mall, y'all got a good, y'all got a good like mall circuit. Hell yeah, we got a good mall circuit. <laughs> that's, that's about all they it's got. Almost, it's almost better than like, oh, I don't want to say that like it's better than Atlanta's malls. But, you know, yeah, we got a good mall cool. circuit. That's cool. We also have a, a, a life-size replica of Noah's Ark. Uh, stock to the brim with uh, two of everything, including dinosaurs. Damn, I just fell asleep. And that was funded. <laughs> it was funded by the government too. That was a music podcast. Cost like eight million dollars. <laughs> Sweet, glad we got through that. Yeah. Um, so, what's been going on, man? How you been? I've been, you know, 
<laughs> I guess I've just been. I've just been, been, been being. You know. Um, yeah, I just uh, just been working a lot. Been you know trying to focus on projects and going through life all at the same time, um, which is you know sort of you know you look you know you ever know you ever go through like life and you look towards okay well this will make a good piece of this will, I can take something artistic out of this you know? yeah I can this when I get there you know that day or when I, I am actually able to you know formulate these thoughts into something beautiful then that'll be that'll be nice You're going through a right? breakup or something no 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 and no. it's just like you know just life you know life is you start to get at certain ages and you start to think about you know um and you're faced with certain things too and you just start to you know it bends your brain more you know and it's just like one of those things. I think, you know, it's one of those periods. It's been one of those years for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you look towards like to see what creatively, what you get out of it. Yeah, sometimes it's like, man, fuck that. This is terrible, you know, or this is great, or this is, you know, this is whatever. I'm going through it right now. And I'm not going through it, but like you're going through whatever, whether it's positive or negative. Right. And then you look towards it and you go, okay, well, hopefully get some, you know, decent out of this. I remember like hearing a, um, if I don't know if you're familiar with Jesse Reyes, yeah, um, <clears throat> she told she she did like an interview or something like that, and she said, "I don't write from anything that's positive. Like the positive stuff is for me. The the stuff I go through, like that's what I write, and those are the songs you get." And I was like, "That's real. It's kind of you know." Yeah, art is supposed to be sad, kind of, and not uplifting. At well, all. No, no, no. <laughs> it's I was supposed like, to come kinda, from kind of kind of like cynical, but I get it. Like yeah. she's taking, she's like, "That's for me." Yeah. And it's like, I, that's kind of beautiful how she was like taking ownership of certain things. Like, no, no, this is mine. And what's for you is the other stuff. Do you know? think the Wiggles are the same way? <laughs> the Wiggles. <laughs> They're like, I'm fucking just in a pit of despair and I'm going to write songs for children. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I, I mean, the Wiggles definitely are not. But um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's definitely sort like artists that have an inclination to draw inspiration from certain things. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. the moment that you have that kind of period in your life, you're like, yeah, this is, this is you know, like digging for gold, basically, writing some material. Yeah, like I, I think so. Like I rarely come out of a good situation and I'm like, I got to write a song about that. Hell no. Never happens to okay. me. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. So, okay, so. Such a weird thing to say. No, it's yeah. not. It's actually 100%. No, it's like this. Like, there are times where when, when, when shit is good and things are good, it's good. And they say that's that old quote, like, what's, you know, bad for your heart is good for your art, right? Well, there's things you can get out of, you know, good experiences. Like, there's things that I'm able to, you know, but you find those songs come quick. The songs come quick and they're cool, but not so deep. Okay. The things that you want to take time on or take time for you to conceptualize, that's the thing because you're trying to say something. And not only are you trying to say something to an audience or you're trying to convey something to others, but you're trying to say something to yourself. Yeah, trying to work some shit out. Right. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like you take that a little bit more seriously because if you didn't, then. You know, it's like paying homage to something that's changed you. Would you take that lightly? No, you know. So it's that's one of those things. I've written some positive songs about like acid trips after the fact. Really? You know what I mean, I want to hear one of your positive songs. You no, know well, it doesn't sound positive. You know oh. It is positive. You know what's so funny? And I don't mean to interrupt. You know what's so funny is that I've never and a friend of mine, I, um, 
a guy I knew, he was playing banjo. He actually played banjo with me at, at Blue Jay Listening Room a few months ago. And we were talking after rehearsing and we were having a drink or whatever. And he was like, so what songs like, or, you know, what songs have you written like that when you fucked up? Like have some, what songs have you written like when you fucked up on something or like, when you, you know, you're, you're, you're drinking or whatnot or whatever anybody's on. I'm like, I've never written a song like drunk or anything like that. Like I just like, okay, here's the thing. When it's party time, it's party time. So it's like not thinking about songwriting of course, yeah. and playing guitar and cause playing guitar, I take, you know, or, or music is the job. So I take it very seriously. I don't, you know, when, when I'm, <clears throat> when I'm going on stage or when I'm going to perform or do a gig, like a legit gig, there's no drink. That's the rule. It's always been that. And since I, it makes it easy cause I was doing it before I could drink, even though I've been drinking since before I was going to drink. Um, um, it makes it easy for that, but it's like the, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do any of that stuff um, because it's like I don't want to lose control. I want everything to be, you know, coming from me. It was the thing I heard Jack White say, like, he's never smoked marijuana. He's like, yeah, I just, if it's something intense, I want to know it's coming from me. And then people are like, well, how do you deal with the nerves? Because obviously people drink, you know, you meet musicians that have been playing way longer than I have, way longer than you have. And then they go, well, you know, I drink because the nerves or I play better when I'm drunk. And it's like, that's cool. Um, but it's like, I'd rather face that anxiety or that nerve. And I, the nerves still get me. Yeah. Like the ner I remember I played like a, and this was not even in front of audiences. There was people there, but it was like a live stream concert, maybe sometime last year. And I got so nervous, like my lungs started to like, it felt like, like it was like started clamming like, up. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like to the point I'm, I'm shaking, but you can't see me shaking. Like, going so it's like, even the nerves will get you as to how nervous you are. But it's like, I've always had a thing about facing that without any substance, anything like that. Um, just because like the, the music is a high for me by itself. That's the high is playing, you know. I don't need anything else, to, you know, to get done. I could I could play if we had a jam all day or whatever. We I go all day without eating. Yeah, all day without anything. That's know? definitely true. Yeah, you I know? can definitely see that happening. It's like it feeds me. Yeah, know? I feel that. I don't like I don't like playing fucked up at all. Like maybe I like two. I'll play I'll play sober. I play sober like that's fine. But when you're in those four hour bar gigs, like doing that sober, that's like. Phew. It's just that's, that's I'll painful. Do it. I'll, I'll yeah. do it. It's like it's just painful. I'll I was, do it again. I was playing bar kegs before I could drink at the bar. Yeah, you know, and it was like, you know, I guess I had no longing for it. And it's the same way. It's like drinking. Period. Like, if I feel like drinking, I'll drink. I don't. I don't. Right. I'd play know. church gigs if you could bring a couple forties in there or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> church gig. Church. Yeah, I do church, church gigs. Okay, whatever. It depends on the church gigs. Some church gigs are so electrifying. You don't need. Oh to no, 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 no. You don't want to slip up. No, like, that's not the kind of church, church gig he's talking no, about. No, I never got one of those gigs. Okay. I've always wanted one, but nah, you, you man. <laughs> church musician. Um, I've always wanted one though. Be fun, yeah. I was playing for. A, I was playing for a Cuban church actually. Not the same thing, though. Not the same thing. No, not at all. It was Episcopalian. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was boring. It was, yeah, it was so boring. Yeah, yeah no. It's, this ain't like the, the gospel four chord. No, I'm talking no. about like those those shout. Them, That's them, a show, yeah, dude. Those, those actual, you know. You should be allowed to drink at those services, I think. They do, they, they but get, not the musicians. The audience do. Everybody's it's, it's like BYOW at They're the like, church. They, Bring they, your own wine. Let's go. Some of them. Some <laughs> Praise of, Lord. Some of them are like. It's either too hot to drink because you know the fans. Oh yeah, you know, and they come all. Everybody comes all dressed up, and then some people that 
they are drinking that they just don't know. And they'd be like, they, <laughs> hey, you don't know. Like, they'd be like, oh, praise Jesus. And he'd be like, yeah, he enjoying that service. Yes, Because, you know, yeah. you know that, that's what they're doing. They're pouring up or they pour it up. There's people that, there's alcoholics that pregame church. It's like, I mean, alcoholics oh, pregame yeah. anything. anything. But like, yeah. I'm talking like people into their 70s. <laughs> pregame like, life, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people yeah. into their 70s walking in there like, you know, I'm just drawing on the power a, of the Lord right now. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just, I'm actually just pre-gaming my my sleep tonight. So pre-gaming sleep. I think I'm pre-gaming. Yeah. Like I don't know nothing actually. I don't, <laughs> just, dude, I the thing about it is his thing. Pre-gaming, right? Never did that because it. Well, I, yeah, never like really did that because when we would go to drink, you know. It was like, again, drinking for you know, a purpose could, was allowed to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like I didn't know what pre-gaming was, and it's like, oh, you know, I knew what it was, but it's like we never did it because it's like, look, we're going somewhere to drink to the no point of return. Yeah, we can pre-game it if we want to, but like, you know, and on top of that, like, the liquor was there, and it's all, and then people pregame club parties and whatnot, but it's like me is like, I never did that kind of thing because like I was taught like as a grown man, you should not be drunk with your ass out in some random place or in public period because that's how you get taken advantage of. It's easy for, you know, to, to overlook that sometimes and having a good time having a party. But like, let's say we always drank in the house or we had this dock actually we go to um, here in Orange Park. Uh, what's the address? The exact address? <laughs> I'll invite y'all out. I really will. I'll invite y'all out. I really will. Um, we, um, we, a friend of ours owns it, um, Pete. And it's funny because Pete's, Pete's great. And he actually has Parkinson's, but he still plays guitar. Oh, yeah. It's not severe, but it's like it, his hand shakes, you know. But he still gets out. And we, there's a fire. It's a dock. It's a whole dock. It's a lot of land. And you go out to the dock and there's, you know, you know, don't 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 walk on the dock drunk because there are gators in that water. Like, I, I can imagine. Very close yeah. proximity. Um, and then there's an RV and like we we like the fire. I've been out there several times, you know, uh, and it's not mine. It's friends of mine's, you know, that, that that have the property. And we go out there, we play. And then sometimes we go out there and we get pissed drunk. Right. So we were going to a disclosed place to drink anyway. So it was like, you know, but a party's like, yeah, we're going to pregame a party. You know, what's pregaming? And so when I lived in Nashville. There were people like coming out, uh, like, oh, let's pregame. And like, I don't know what that is. You know, it's funny when you see people like, when you like had the freedom, and I guess like living in Florida is a different thing because like freedom comes pretty easy if you're just standing around. Like the 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 adult shit comes if you just, you know, there. Right. Yeah, that's what I noticed about living all around and moving all around was that, you know. And so you go to certain places, like, yeah, I don't know what pregaming is, or I've never drank before. This is my first batch of freedom. I'm like, oh man. You get to the point where when you get there and with, around the college kids, you're over it because it's like, did all this, y'all are, y'all are, y'all are, you know. I'm always gonna call drinking at home pre-gaming now. That's hilarious. Drinking at home pre-gaming. Yeah, just, just like you know, it's like I'm pre eight o'clock at night. I'm not going anywhere. It's like, what are you doing drinking by yourself? I was like, no, I'm pre-gaming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pre yeah. Like, no, I'm pre, yeah. I'm pre-gaming. Uh, you flip on the TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, Family Feud. Yeah. Family Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that one. Yeah. Pre-gaming to Steve Harvey later. Steve Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Steve oh my God. Um, I do. I do want to ask you about uh, your time in Nashville, actually, because you moved there. I was eighteen when you were eighteen, and you moved there for music specifically. Yeah, yeah. Was it to, get to go to college or just to kind of see? What I it was. was about? I was there at school for a little bit. Um, I was living uh, there, 
Yeah, I was there for a little bit, but um, for school purposes, but mostly it was the music that sort of took that over because very soon when I got there, it wasn't long before I was like playing with ensembles and um, touring with the jazz band um, for a couple of years um, and doing that. And so the school was, school was, you know, fine. It was nice to get out and meet people and go there and integrate, but it was mostly, yeah, the music sort of took its, took its deal over. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to Nashville. Like that's, I needed a, I wasn't, I was never that guy growing up in Jacksonville. Like I need to get the fuck out of here. I, I was never that. I, I wholeheartedly love this city. I think it has a lot of potential. I think there's a lot of things that holds it, holds it back, but it's not the city itself. It could be the people. It could be, no, the people. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I love you guys. But um, yeah. but Jacksonville and the environment, like I always be proud of being from here. Never will. But you came up. I came up in school, in high school or anywhere. Everybody's always shitting on Jacksonville. I was like, I'll never say that. I'll never, you know. And see, when I got to Nashville, um, it wasn't like again. I wasn't. I was like, I, I wasn't like. I need to leave. I was like, the opportunity presented itself, and I'm like. All right, I'll go, you know. Why'd you choose Nashville instead of like LA or New York or Atlanta even? First of all, definitely not Atlanta. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, Atlanta is just, Atlanta's cool, you know, but it's just like um, the scene in Atlanta isn't what it used to be. It's changed. So like around the time, let's say, I always use this guy's reference, John Mayer, like when he was trying to cut his teeth in the you Never know, heard of him. Gig. I love yeah, his new cover band. This guy, yeah. I hear like, the, you heard that, he's got this underground record, uh, what is it, uh, Sob Rock, you know, it's like, yeah. I heard, I hear it's doing all right. You know? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, he was trying to cut his teeth in the music game in Atlanta and it was accepting of a lot of those songwriter guys at the time. A lot of that environment moved up to Nashville and now what is Atlanta? Atlanta's the trap scene, which is great, good for them. They have been in the industry for so long. Um, it's still going on trap music trap music yeah it's all right. huge right now yeah. it's like all pop music that was yeah. like I thought when it was coming out it was like 10 years ago almost trap well, well, tra- that's surprising trap music's never going to get old it's uh, never going to go away it was also different when it was coming out originally because like like T.I. fancies fancies himself the originator of trap music he's not which is like and his first record his first mainstream record came out in 01 and he's, he's not okay it was a culmination of people with the whole trap thing. And a lot of it is guys you don't hear about or that have not been, not been, not been relevant, but it's farther back. Like T.I. can say that because T.I. is like kind of the face of Atlanta, but not at the same time because he gets clowned in his own city about shit. There were so many guys at that time coming out of Atlanta, though, that, that achieved the same amount of fame, like Young Jeezy. and Well, you know Young I mean? Je- well, here's the thing. That even before that, what you had, outcast, you had the and, dungeon family, yeah, right? Dungeon family, outcast, yep. goody mob, you had all that going on, and that was what it is. That's why, okay, perfect example like future. Future is never going to get old because he's second generation dungeon family, right? Okay, and if you know about the dungeon family, that's the they call it that because that was the studio they recorded in, right? Yep. And anyway, you have guys in the trap scene that are pulling from guys that were doing it way before, like okay, perfect example, Migos, they got that flow, right? You know, same thing with and Gunner too. They got that, and it, and I knew it, but I didn't know it. But my dad broke the ice for me one time because I was showing him. I programmed a, I did a beat or a few beats and samples. We were going over in the car or something like that, and 
I was talking about, yeah, I'm just going to go for that gunner type beat on this type of song I was trying to do or that gunner type flow. And he was like, you mean like the Lord Infamous flow? And I was like, and I said, wait a minute. And it's like, Lord Infamous, like Lord, he's like the Migos, gunner, that's, that's Lord Infamous. Yeah, that's where they got it from. Yep. And you obviously you Three know. Six Mafia and all that right. stuff. Yeah. And he, I was like, Lord, I was like They were doing the triplet thing? And, oh yeah. Yeah. And I had to go <laughs> back. They started it? I mean, they were I don't Three know if six they mafia? St- I don't know if they started it, but they were definitely like they, doing it. Yeah. yeah. It was like a that, big that thing. flow is and and I was like, wait Project a minute. Project Pat, like Yeah. And what was I, it what was their big song, Three Six Mafia? I always get them mixed up with the Yin Yang twins. Oh boy. Three Six uh, Mafia had a lot. They had a lot of hits. I mean, yeah, a lot of their stuff. They were the, you the know, one that was on the radio when we were in high school. It was we're a, old as fuck. It was the hustle and flow soundtrack <laughs> stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, trying to get this money. Yeah, but they had some like like U.S. Soldier and like all this shit that was like more underground, like uh, Chicken Head Hose or yeah, like yeah, Late yeah, Night yeah, Tip yeah, yeah, yeah. or like Two Way Switch, Two Way Two Way Freak. Slob my knob. That was yeah. a big one. Yeah. Everyone loves that. <laughs> it was they were they were they were huge. So, deep cut. Deep yeah. cut three six mafia. Yeah. Lord Lord I, he we he played a song for me. I was like, I don't know. Are you sure? I that's the biggest mistake you do with my dad. My dad knows everything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so he's like, You sure it plays a song? And I'm like, not so much gunner. Okay, a little you can feel like little bits of what gunner does, but Migos, yeah. Yeah. Direct rip. But see. That's okay, because that there's it's still part of that lineage of years where trap music was happening, and trap music is taking a shift because you knew okay everybody knew what what, what was going to happen with trap music. That's why Atlanta, you know, that's the hub of it. But everybody knew what was going to happen. It was going to integrate into everywhere. Hip hop has technically always been the pop music. For a while, it was the forbidden pop music. Now it's accepted. Yeah, I don't know um, if it's always been because it didn't come around until later on. But well, it didn't come once, around. Well, once pop, it became... pop just stands for popular. Right, 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 right. right. But what's trap? Technical rap? <laughs> Technical rap. <laughs> what is yeah. that? Yeah. Trap, trap music is like, you know, literally. Does it stand for anything? Well, trap trap music, trap like, house. Tra- like trapping. Used to be, yeah, trap. Oh, a trap house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it, one of them. Not 100%. Really, not, not really. It just, it was. Okay. Yeah. So it used to Different. be the yeah the the material was revolved around that thing. But see, my dad almost said something deep one time. It's like trap music, you know, some trap music, a lot of trap music about getting out of the trap, right? Right. But the trap don't always mean the trap house. Yeah. Trap means getting out of the trap. Right. Period. Right. Right. Things it's about whole philosophy, life. Yeah. And I was like, knock it off, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this isn't a style of music that you wanted to pursue, but you were involved in like production stuff with it. My dad owned a studio. Early on, I think um, we might have talked about this. My dad owned the studio when I was very little here. He did mixing and mastering. He did his own stuff. Um, and then his mother was actually, she was a very gifted pianist. She graduated school at like 16 years old. She was going to go to Juilliard, but her father didn't let her because back then a lot of jazz musicians became crack addicts. And he didn't like that. Um, so she didn't let her go. But so the lineage is a little, there's a little bit of lineage there. And she, um, I mean, not she, he had the studio and he actually had me in there when I was a baby doing all this work, you know, and he was, he's a studio whiz. So there are things I understood and were a natural inkling before I even knew it. I was definitely on the instrument side of it and learning the practicality of like hands-on things with instruments, but I, the knack for producing, and then it eventually became a necessity because no one was gonna do my production for me. And then it became cheaper to do the production and you know, to figure out what I wanted instead of telling people what I wanted and then not them not knowing because I had ideas that were a little bit different as far right. as what I wanted to mix up and do. Um, so he, 
you know, was really into that and sort of, I sort of absorbed that without knowing it. And it's like something you save until you're ready to use it. And then like, yeah, I took recording classes in high school. So I knew the basics about certain things. And then, you know, I was into musicians that were also studio wizards. Like Alicia Keys is a huge inspiration of mine. And my father was always like, well, her trick isn't the singing and the instrumentation or the piano playing. Her trick is that she's a studio whiz and she knows how she wants to sound. That was his, that was hers. That was a lot of people who were actually ahead of the curve with going up and being able to, you put them in the studio and they could do it. They also and, come from artistic families, right? So like they kind of had an idea of like what being an artist was already. And then you come out of, like she went to like a pretty, uh, you know, like a pretty uh, established uh, like art school. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. And you come out knowing what an artist is, is, is like supposed to be. The thing about know? it is, man, I went to an art school myself and I don't even know how much, I think that was just something, I wholly believe it was something raw that was in her because I went to an art school and a few of these things were unlocked in me, but it was like still not, it wasn't because of the environment I was in. It was encouraged because of the environment I was in a little bit, but at the same time, there was a lot of things that I was just pulling out right. of me. And I, I feel like that's the thing with her. Right. Um, and so, yeah, as far as the production side, I've always liked everything. And I've always, I've always seen production as an art form. So it's like those guys that can put together those crazy just compositions of music, they call them beats. They're not, they're, they're actually compositions. They're, yeah, compositions. Yeah. And it's like crazy. Living in Nashville... Um, who was the guy? Who was the big producer then at that time? Tay Keith, right? You know. I don't know. Well, oh, Tay Keith is the guy. You okay. Know? And so um, Tay Keith and uh, no, he was the main guy. He was the guy doing all the stuff. And at the time, he was finishing up his degree at MTSU, right? I think I ran into him at a party. We didn't run didn't run into him like we were there and he was there. So I don't make it seem like, oh hey, take you. No, that's not. <laughs> yeah. like, no, he, he was he was like in the VIP section and then we were like, you know, just there, right? Right. And so he was on everything at the time. And see, there was a thing he used to do. He's from Memphis, right? Memphis was the three guys, the the, the main hubs that were in Nashville when I was in Nashville was Memphis, Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, a little bit of Kentucky, right? Really? Some um, some guys from Louisville and Lexington. I knew a couple okay. of guys from Louisville, a couple, like three guys and one chick from Lexington. No, a total of five people from That's Kentucky. That's the entire population. That's the entire population, yeah. right? They all have red hair? No. No? None of them had red No, none of them had red hair, right. actually. And so... Probably not from there, then. So, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm kidding. They were, they were more, you know. And so... Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah... Those are the hubs there, right? So Memphis, obviously, they're right next door. Memphis and Knoxville, but we always had a joke, like especially in jazz van. You want to be like Nashville? You want to be like you know, corny ass Knoxville? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, no knock to Knoxville. Knoxville's cool, but like anyway. So yeah, Memphis is right next door. Memphis is what home of the blues, all that stuff. They got a lot of culture there. Really great. And those guys, I mean, some not the smartest guys I knew, but like. <laughs> Man, they they could they could create a vibe like they they could dance. You know, we yeah. went to club parties. You never 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 was bored. You know, you got in. They they. It's so funny seeing like a whole room dance in unison. Their specific like sort of way of you know vibing and dancing, like as they had their own dances, really. Right. And so they take Keith was from Memphis. A lot of guys from the industry are from Memphis. Yo Gotti, Block Boy, 
um, Kevo Money, uh, all these guys, and, and, and the list goes on, right? I'm probably missing a few. He was only doing Memphis rappers at the beginning. And then he started doing, um, you know, he only took guys that had lineage to Memphis almost still because Drake's dad is from Memphis. Oh, really? That's why he did a lot of the songs on Scorpion. And then Drake was on sicko mode with Travis Scott. That's why he did sicko mode. Oh, wow. That's wild. It's still like that's a that's a that's a tight, you know, whole composition. That's a song I'm going to show my grandkids and I know it's going to blow their mind because the beat switches up three times. You can't beat that. I was like, I can't I can't wait to like see their faces like, oh, is that the end of the up? Nope, it's not. Because that song switches three times. And he was the it guy, right? <clears throat> so production was still around, and that's an art form. That was his thing. And he was a genius at it. And there's guys before him, even before that, you know, Young Metro, all those guys, you know, the young guys still. They, and he, they were all great. It was fantastic. And it was something I knew I wasn't always going to be the king of in that hole. But it was like, I got it, and I would always have respect for it in that regard. And then when it was time for me to do it, it was like, okay, you kind of have this power because you got to understand what you're doing to know, but you already know what you want, but you got to understand how to get it there. And then I'm already doing stuff where producers are like, I don't think that's going to work. And I got to be like, you know, trust me. And they're yeah. like, I don't know. And it's like, we spend an hour arguing. And it's like, all right, all right, whatever. So we have to, you know, then it came time around the pandemic um, where I was basically producing all the records I was putting out and limited by the technology I had, limited by the stuff I had, but still was like, getting it to at least where it was close to what I was envisioning, you know? So yeah, the production side, when it was time to make music, because studio recording's always been tedious to me because I came up playing as a live musician. So when it came time to, you know, do that, it was like a little bit of an adjustment, but then it was like, okay, I kind of like creating these things and, and sort of, you know, saying what I want to say just through, you know, off the rip with, the music starting from, you know, the beginning of the song and how I'm putting it together. Yeah, it's a whole different creative Because I've process, always enjoyed composing know? and arranging, and it's kind of like that, just in a different, you know, light. Right. He, he likes it more than performing, actually. Yeah, big really? time. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just, there's just, more, you can be more creative with it, you know, like performing is so fleeing, every moment is like passing. That's what's so great about it. I guess. To, I mean, it's, it's, it's so subjective as hell. Yeah. But I'm just trying to say, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and I like performing too. It's like I do enjoy performing, but for me, like the studio is like where you can really allow like all of your creativity to See, figure it out. I'm a little different because I I I love like working things out live. Like I yeah. love the yeah. I'm a I very, like it too. Yeah, for sure. What do you think's I, harder though? I, I think they're two completely different. Things. I think I think to me, studio recording is it's just a lot more tedious. Like you go yeah. in there, and it's just the fact that. Me, like, I've, most of the stuff I put out has been, like, at my leisure, and I've done it in my own, you know, thing. Uh, but it's, like, going in the studio, it's just always been, like, a tedious thing. You got to sit there. You got to figure this out. You want to do this. You want to do that. Now, if I had my own studio giant where I was able to, like, all right, everybody get out. I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. Then it's, like, that's a different thing. I can create and get projects done. But I think it's only because I want to see a finished product. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah. I that, to me, is, is, is the thing. And then, like, the end result to me is infinitely more satisfying than like playing a good gig because like a good gig or even a great gig is like, okay, that was amazing. But it's just like taking a hit or something where you need to do that again to get that feeling. Whereas it, when you create something in the studio, it's there forever. So you can go back and listen to it and then remember what that process was and be like, 
holy shit, that's how this came yeah, to be. Yeah, they really yeah. are two different animals. Yeah. They, 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 they definitely are. I think, like, but the thing, the high, because it started with me live, so the high for me is just being in front of people yep. or just being able to play these things live. I like the spontaneity. I like the space. I like how anything can change at any moment. I like hearing these things where I interpret what was on the record live. I just always, I've always been, I even listen to live performances. It's pretty much the majority of what I listen to a lot of the time um, in my life. If I'm not in the car, like putting something on shuffle. And even then I try to find live performances of certain things. Cause I always like, always wanted to see how artists could cut it. Right. Big jam band totally. guy. I, I I do like a lot That's of that That's the stuff. best live I love music. jam band stuff. But 100%. even like, I love jam band stuff. I love just everything live here. And like, even rappers perform like Jay-Z and his live stuff was always like, I remember watching live when he did that whole- The orchestra Ma thing? No, no, no. The Madison Square Garden, the 9-11 oh. tribute thing years ago he did. No, I don't think he it's- He invited either. like all those artists out. It was on Fuse. And we watched it. I watched it like at my grandma's house. I'm like, yay, hi. And I was like, That's wow. You know. The problem with a lot of rappers live, and it's probably changed as the art has progressed, mm -hmm. but when they record, it's usually like their voice is operating in a certain kind of, you know, way. But then when they're when they're it doesn't always translate to performing live, so they have to shout or they have to like do it entirely differently than how they do it on the record. And for me, listening to hip hop, like it it hits me a certain way when I'm listening to the record. Mm. Then when you hear them do it live and they have like people ad-libbing stuff uh, like randomly and then you have like people, like, you know, even when like Jay-Z is, ha is having to shout apart because the way he was speaking it in the, on the record is not translating yeah. live. Like that to me, like kills the whole thing for me. I don't know. I think it's the intensity of live. Like it's, you got to accept that. that it's supposed to be different. Yeah, you can see And that. I think that's what it is. Like Jay-Z, with any guys, you know, seeing, it's just the vibe, like seeing Lil Uzi Vert just perform by himself. And like, it's like, no, that shit is wild. Sometimes it can be a little like when, or, or when Travis Scott puts on these spectacles, a young thug gets out here and does something. Even like, you know, it's just like, they're a little bit different. They got to approach it differently because sometimes there's no instrumentation. It's not how we approach certain things, right? But it's like, even with Jay-Z, where there's a hype guy and he's shouting, it's nice to hear it in a different light. And it's almost that, yeah. like, you know, the energy hits you. That's what it is. And it's supposed to, you know, you're supposed to like, you know, it's supposed to hit that way. That's the thing, right? Like the, like the whole idea is like they're emceeing. So it's like, you got to bring that yeah. kind of energy to it's live the, And it's that, because it's like, if you grew up around, like, I guess like one of the, Starting out, one of the things that formed me was the hip hop and the rap and the R and B and well, a lot of things really starting out. But that was one of the things where it was like, imagine you know, you almost miss it too, where you had a rapper and these underground ciphers or rappers, and then you had the DJ doing his thing on the turntables. Totally. And then like that would imagine like that would that's 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 crazy. Imagine being in there for that, you know, and like. You almost want that back a little bit. You still got great DJs. Don't get me wrong. You still got that thing. This is just a, it's just now. a theory, but do you think DJing's an art form? Yeah, right? yeah, of course. Uh, but do you think that it's the rappers? Uh they, they they didn't grow up performing because they're like in the studio doing everything the whole time. So they don't like most of us as musicians or whatever. Not that rappers are musicians, but instrumentalists. We grew up performing and then went to a studio. So like, we, it's definitely performing. It's a different kind of. That's what like, I'm trying to say. Maybe that's all it is. Just, you gotta think. Just, you you gotta think about it this way. The way rappers had gigs, we got gigs. Like there were people that were performing their mixtapes and going in underground clubs and doing that kind of thing. So it's like just 
the way they do it is the same way some of us, yeah, we started playing live before we conceptualized our own like style of music. But then there's other artists that they started in the studio. Oh yeah, like I started in the studio. Yeah, and then you go first. out and you got to perform. It's like, yeah. fuck, you know, I, you see those guys, you know, those these guys I know, it's like, I've never performed, never done it live, fucking nervous, da da da. And yeah. you see them go out because it's like, you see a lot of industry, people, the industry push people like that, people that have never performed and they pick some person up. That was how a lot of R&B artists started back in the day where it was like, they were singing on the corner. Right. And then they, they got picked up and then they got to perform. That's what I'm saying. Like like hip hop, I feel like worked in the same way. Very yeah, so much. it's yeah. it's it's kind of the same. Like it just we didn't come up that. Well, you said you started in the studio. I didn't come up that Me way. Neither. Maybe you didn't come up that way. I was always way. on the stage, yeah. Right, you was always on the stage, so that's a different thing. But when it's like you all you doing is conceptualizing your music, you get in the studio, you do it, and then they be like, all right, there's a spot down the street or you know, we're gonna you know they got this this cipher they got this 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 open mic you're gonna get up there play your track people still do it and you see like performing is a learning is an is, is a thing with a huge learning curve right or a thing that has a learning curve like you got to adapt to it and when you still see people that are going from record to performing you see them either they get it quick or they get it slow or they they sort of in the middle it it, it, it sort of comes up but then there's people there's rappers who they've been sitting in the mirror getting their lines down yeah. before they could you know or they're performing on like corners you know what i mean like like they have like like, like there's like a scenario it's it's still performance that it's they're, not a stage though you know what i mean in front of but, a lot but, of people but, but the thing about it's, it is is like that's almost braver to be on stage because you got you got you get you get a set audience in the stage right these people are expecting something. yeah yeah and then like but you go on a corner and somebody you know you you start spitting what you're spitting or you start putting something out and it's like People either come or they don't, or it's like you're getting a rejection or acceptance, or all in the same swoop. We know. had like like for instance, and Chelsea can speak to this too because she grew up in South Florida, where hip hop was kind of, like just permeated the culture. It didn't matter if you were in the suburbs or in the city; like hip hop was a part of the whole thing. Right, and you'd be at like you'd be like at lunch and all of a sudden like people would just start like rapping like battle rapping and stuff like that yeah and like circles that are forming high yeah, yeah high school yeah. And you've got like you've got like all of a sudden you know 50 people around you that's and dope. you're doing the thing so that's and that's the, the kind of performing that i think more that stemmed from so there is still a performance angle yeah. happening first yeah. in a lot of ways so it's just in, in every genre people have like different you know starting points but i think that live performance as a starting point in hip-hop is still a very uh, you know, normal thing to see. Yeah, yeah, because these some of these people, they didn't have recordings. They didn't have, just like we didn't, like me, their songs, like I threw myself into playing live. So I had to memorize these songs. Sometimes it went well, sometimes it didn't. I don't know how many people work at 1904 that did when I was in high school doing the first few iterations of my songs, you know, and when they had to put X's on my hands because I couldn't drink and I, you know, and we were opening up for certain bands and doing all that. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers it, but yeah, it is. It went well a little bit and it might not. But like that was what I was throwing myself into because studio recording was still a foreign thing to me. Right. So it was like, that's where I come from. Some of the songs that are not, haven't been released in years and are years old is because of from that we're rehearsing. Okay, remember I memorize these lines, songs I know by heart that have never touched a record before. Right. It's because of from doing that. And rappers approach it the same 
sort of way and almost Pretty like biggie he didn't write one lyric down ever it was nope. just him performing but he was like a just, he was he it, what he was doing it was biggie is like it was a natural thing for him too and it's funny because he wasn't all that interested in rapping in the beginning right like he was like drug dealing was like my wife rapping was just some chick on the side right so <laughs> that's yeah. how it is for a lot of those guys man i mean ti says the same thing you know it's just like yeah it's a lot uh, early on i would say anyways nowadays now it's, it's a thing. different thing but yeah. but like at the time <laughs> At that time, you know, especially growing up in those areas where, like, there's not a lot of opportunity to, like, get out of there other than just this one way. Either you become you got, like, a sports star or, like, you're, or you're, or you're selling drugs. Mm -hmm. And then it was, like, rapping was this thing that you could kind of do. And, you know, you had to be motivated and still pursue it for sure. That's why I don't fully buy the whole thing about, like, well, I was just selling drugs and rapping just happened. It's like, no, it didn't. You had to pursue it on some level. Well, it was, like... Rapping for some people, it did. Like for Biggie, it was like people are like, "Man, this is good." And yeah, they were doing it for him, pushing it to people, and he ended up meeting certain, you know, meeting Puffy, getting getting in with that, and doing that. He still he still showed up though. He still went to the places. Well, he, he, he went, had to he go went to, to. You know, he what went I mean? to check certain. Th it was like people sat down with him and had talks. Like, bro, you can really do this. Yeah, it took persuading for him because yeah. he really was like, "It's like this, man," and it's not just drug dealing, like. You making money, good money someplace, right? It's your thing. You ain't mad about it. Like you you cool with it. Like it's not breaking at all. Right. And it's like you're comfortable, but it's not like you're comfortable like you're hindering yourself. You're comfortable and you're getting through life just fine. Yeah, there's no reason to no reason that. to complicate yeah, things, totally, right? Totally. And so that was his and a lot of other people's mindset to where he was getting it how he was getting it for so long and then he liked it, you know. So then you turn around like, hey. Try out some of his rap shit. Should I be doing on the corner? Yeah, yeah. Nah, you know, initially, you yeah. know, somebody had to talk him into it. Yeah. And then he became who he was. But it's like a lot of people are like that to where you get some spot, you get some place where it's like comfortable and nothing good ever does come from comfort. But these guys was making stacks. They're like, I'm going to go rap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was beyond comfort. Like that was like those guys were like they didn't have to like worry about it, other than just like you know right. So I'm yeah. and then they go like I'm gonna go rap. Yeah, totally. Nah, you know, you know. totally. And Ti, I don't know how much I buy Ti's story, but I do buy Biggie's story because that was his thing. I think I, I think I buy Ti's story because I, I I'm also like a huge Ti fan. Oh yeah, me too. So, so like I've like gone down the rabbit hole and like looked into his because mm. there was a time like when I was in high school where I was like obsessed with Ti. Not just T.I., like, like him and Lil Flip had a beef for a while. Oh, so yeah, I, went, yeah, yeah. I went like down the rabbit hole on that. And then I just got into like, you know, it was it, it was a lifestyle that I found fascinating. And I was like, who who's really doing the thing and who's just talking about it? And T.I., by, by all accounts, from what I've been able to find out, the dude was like legit. You know, he, mm -hmm. might, he may have like, you know, found uh, fame and, and made money doing like, like, like rapping early on but i mean as far as like the things that he experienced it's kind of yeah. wild you well know? yeah it was wild but i guess because it's his and again i don't think this is gonna get back to ti but like i don't think it was ti if you're out there <laughs> you let ti's out there i'm yeah. not talking he's shit. out there i ain't yeah. tip i ain't talking shit but um, <laughs> <laughs> um i mean we are sounds but like not a, not like talking shit um but like it wasn't like the craziest thing I I like that was what he went through and things like that. Like what did he go through? 
you know. As an outsider's perspective, for the rest of the, the people. Just about. I, I know the whole just, story. Yeah, you know the whole story. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Just about his life selling drugs just early on. Like He sold drugs? And, and just the, the thing. like, like if, Okay. What do you know about that? If you listen to his first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you listen to his first record. Come on. Um, we're, just, we're just kids having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A couple guys. His first record, uh, Trap Music, that came out like in 2001. Uh, and then he has a song on there. What's it called? It's basically like, and it's 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 a take on what on what Biggie did with like the Ten Crack Commandments. But uh, he basically breaks down like how you take, you know, how you cook weight, it, how you put it, break together, it down, right? yeah, do yeah. the whole thing. He's, well, see, the thing about it is, like an and I guess song. I guess because again, I, <laughs> I guess I guess because I was so immersed. It's like that one Boondocks episode when Doug Nipperson <laughs> got broken. He started listening to songs about how to cook crack, and he he burned like the crack <laughs> and tried to sell it. Anyway, so I guess because I was so exposed, and, and not to say you weren't exposed to that, but I was so like into a lot hearing about a lot of this stuff his like i said his story wasn't the craziest and like just like it's like things like that almost not to again not to knock people's experience where diamond doesn't yeah. there were like tens of thousands yeah, of rappers every rapper how got to do it. this yeah, every rapper got a story the pipples got a, here pipples how to got keep one, this yeah. out the trap how to do it like yeah, it yeah. was so like you know it's it, yeah it's not yeah it's just there's just a perspective that he has that i think was He's also a really good actor, so he could, he could just be very convincing. You know what I mean? He he's he's just he 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 gets it where he can, and that's that's what you got to respect about him. He yeah. is a hustler, like he is he he is that. That's the, that's the thing. I and he and he knows like hip hop too, which is why I respect because like, a lot of guys coming up now, like like kind of pride themselves on on being su- such a departure from what hip hop was and create and creating like a new vein of like this kind of you know, the demeaning term mumble rap or whatever. But a lot of these guys kind of pride themselves on being so removed from the old school stuff. Whereas the T- purest mentality. Yeah. And like, like TI was more of like, you know, I'm different than all this stuff, but he can like, he knows the history though too. You know what I mean? Which is cool to me. Somebody that was, you know, at that time different than what the, what the, what more traditional hip hop was, but to have a respect and understanding for where it all came from, you know? Yeah. I think, but here's the thing. <laughs> The, the whole, like like you said, the meaning term of mumble rap is like, man, the purest mentality is such a bitch, man. Yeah. Because it's like, my dad has this joke. No, it's not his joke. It's actually a comedian we like. I can't even think of his name right now. But it's like, y'all talking shit about mumble rap. If you say you know every word to a Michael McDonald song, you're a motherfucking yeah. liar. Like, <laughs> well, I like, mean, no, I mean, not like, knowing every word, like, just knowing one if word. If you know would be one, nice, if though. you say you know the words to a Michael McDonald song, you are a motherfucking liar. Like, yeah. you, or, or um, um, I gotta swap my unpopular opinion now. I think, I think, That's I what think, it was, though. It was I like, think, the, I think the only coherent lyrics he had was when he was in the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. His own shit? Nah, I, ain't, I can't decipher that. That's no. a fair point to make. I was, so what the fuck is, what's that mumble rap shit? Or tell me what the fuck Eddie Vedder is saying in like the second that verse was my, of, per, of, of um, <laughs> Lab, uh, Yellow, Yellow Lab Vedder. Tell yeah. me what he's saying. Yeah, no, that's, what no, that's, that's what I was going to say is that, yeah, grunge is just mumble rap yeah. from, from the 90s. So. That is an interesting perspective. <laughs> so you got to think, like, think about that one. People always like, oh, I don't like that music. It's so unpure and I don't know how y'all listen to that yeah. Yeah, all right like, keep forgetting not yeah. all right that's all you know Bro, that song, that song stop, stop playing games with me you know we, this is our clip boys we sing, <laughs> we sing that that thunder track <laughs> uh song that uh, thunder, track. thunder track yeah, yeah. Oh, I thunder know, trap I, hell yeah that, dude what's that what's that she had a place in his life that's all i know from the, that yeah. doobie brothers spot. yeah but that was the most coherent lyrics 
that he had. That's true. The other one, like, yeah, you know, you don't know. You stop. Come on. Like, don't bullshit me. <laughs> you no, know? yeah, you're, you're right. There's something you said about that. Um, well, okay. So uh, I want to talk about the stuff you got going on. First, we should do bottom of the billboard, though. We should. Sure. Yeah. Don't explain it anymore. Don't explain why anymore. Yeah, if you don't get it, go watch another episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's on you at this point. Anyways, what's the track for today? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, it's just alienate any new fan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where the hell are you? We're almost at 100. <laughs> yeah, if you don't real, know it by now. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Give me that look back there, dude. Get y'all shit together, man. Um, okay, yeah. so this week um, I picked... Uh, a cover of an old song, as we all know, uh, I'm a big Beatles fan. My favorite band of all time. So I don't crazy. Care. You're like, I fucking love Pitbull and the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do love Pitbull. Oh, really? Um, that's it. That's those of you guys. Well, uh, so no. we call it, we Pitbull call him Tony Three Hundred Five. Pitbull Mr. Worldwide. Over yeah, here. but that's that's <laughs> Pitbull. I liked Pitbull up until his third. Uh, Mariel Boatlift was okay. Uh, Miami is a major issue. Was good. Uh, m- money is a major issue. Was good. Uh, like the, like the second one, but the first one, uh, M-I-A-M-I, which Money is, a ma- Money is a Major Issue, was a dope fucking record that he put sure. out. That was his first one when I was in high school. Either way, that has zero to do with this song. Uh, so uh, this is a song by uh, Scary Pockets that does a rendition of uh, Rocky Raccoon, which is a great Beatles tune. Uh, but that was off the White Album, right? It was off the White Album. Yeah. Yeah, they were was, just fitting whatever they had like in their back pocket. Yeah, They're it's like all right, whatever on the White Album. It's a great song. Whatever Actually, you want. C- kind of a hit melody too on the. Uh, no, it's not bad. Yeah, and so it's kind of like this folky country thing that, that the Beatles were trying to, to do, and Scary Pockets does a cool like funky dancey version of it, and it's got like you know the kind of Wolfpecky sounding drums, a very light touch, and a lot of compression and. All that stuff, and then, but just I love they kind of do like the original song kind of has this walk down where it's like, <coughs> oh shit, you know, dude, I'm we're gonna pull, get fucking copyright and fringe right here. So just like, and it just does a standard chord progression, you know, like D G C, then the walk down back to like Scary Pockets, like, oh shit, dude, swing, swing it. I didn't swing. know you fucking jammed. And it just kind of does. You play guitar? Yeah, right. <laughs> I do my best, anyways. Um, Tell me you play uh, guitar without telling me you play guitar. Start playing guitar. There you go. Start yeah. playing guitar. So I like how they just kind of pedal. That truss rod's a little crooked. You know? uh, it is actually. That's not on purpose. So we can get into that if you want. Anyway, that's not John Mayer. <laughs> that's not John Mayer. So I just like how they kind of simplified the melody and and just made it like funkier and just kind of pedaled. Uh, you know that groove, and then had the the melody uh, walk down on top. It's, I thought it was dope. The way they sang is cool, and then the breakdown, kind of like the four on the floor breakdown in the middle of the song was really cool. What? Let's talk about uh, that snare hit. How do you how do you get that snare hit sound? I think it's just mostly uh, really light touch on on Here's the drums, and then let the compressor. Here's how you do it. You just sample Wolfpack. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this. Sound, I mean, that's what they're just ripping off Wolfpack and the Beatles. <laughs> I don't know. I like. It's the song. a good track. It's a good track, but I'm just like I'm like. Oh, this is Wolfpack. It's the sound of the time. That's kind of like Wolfpack has influenced. You know. Uh, well, Wolfpack. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Well, they just just their <coughs> their production style has influenced a lot of people in that scene. Uh, yeah. So the, the the covering of 
R&B songs and flipping them or flipping certain songs type deal. Not just that, just even the production quality sure, itself. Sure, no, that's, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I remember hearing Beastly for the first time. Yeah. And I, I still believe like Joe Dart is not a real person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's got to be a figment of our imagination, especially for bass players. It's no fucking way he exists. But, um, you know, the thing about it is, is like hearing um, a friend of mine and we were listening to um, the song Love and Happiness, Al Green, and we heard them like do little chord progression it was like literally that same thing yeah so like they're pulling from these other like you know, oh yeah for places. sure oh yeah they're well, not the new either really. yeah of course not but it's, at the same time yeah. they are it's like they're setting it's like presentation almost with the the precedent they're setting almost as far as yeah the, the yeah the production and the presentation like how scary pockets does their stuff and how Wolfpack does their stuff you know they were more like we're gonna bring a little bit of personality to this you know to our musicality or you know have a lot of have a lot of showmanship and then film it you know yeah in the digital age what what they do what they did was just really they kind of brought this diy thing Mm -hmm. that most artists are restricted to right um to more of a mainstream uh audience so like this idea of recording with cheap microphones and just or like direct in on guitars and then using an iphone to like film a video and then making everything super broken down, but making the performances like top notch, right. right? Just like performances. And then also just, you know, with a bit of a different twist on it. Cause like you listen to a lot of the stuff that they're taking from, which is like earlier R&B and funk stuff, right? But listen to the, the guitar tones. Now they're beefy and compressed. Whereas back in the day it was like, you know, very tinny and, and almost shrill on the guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping some of the traditional bass stuff, you know, kind of dirty, almost muffled sounding, but you know, clean. And then you know, very dirty, like like you know, road stuff, and just just Michael Jackson Five, <coughs> ABC One, Two, Three. Just say that. No, but, but I mean, like that's that's like every single one of their songs. But making like low production sound like yeah. high, like highly produced. Yeah, they, they they just take a like you know aluminum foil and just hit a styrofoam plate, and that's what a fucking uh, snare hit is off for Volpeg. and and this band too. Yeah. Anyways, for this song though, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Any any deeper? Not really. I um, mean, like it's just it's like I said, it just sounds just like Wolfpack. I, I always enjoy like uh, what Scary Pockets does. What else do they do? Um, what what? Like I, I, this is the first time I've really heard, listened to them. They do like whatever. a pretty dope version. Of, uh, do they just do covers? They did this song. Do, uh, David Ryan Harris has this song called Kerosene, and then they did a version of that his song with him singing it. Um, David Ryan Harris is such an underrated songwriter. Jeez. Um, literally probably one of the best male songwriters of like the last 10 years, even though he's been around longer than that, 20 years. And like, he's just, and that song Kerosene is actually so great. And um, they did like a funk sort of version to it. It was cool. Um, they also do American Boy, the Katy Perry tune. They have a cool version of that. Mm-hmm. And do they, they have original stuff though. Yeah, they, they do. They, they do, but I mean, most the, of their the co- stuff. The that's the thing, almost though. That's, that's fine. I was just wondering. Pulls people in. I, I didn't I think, know much about Scary Pockets. I believe so. They also have this cool. Uh, was it them who did that funk version of the Dua Lipa tune? Yeah. What levitating? Yeah. Yeah. It was. yeah. yeah. It's not, uh, that's not Katy Perry. It's Estelle. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Get it right, dude. Whoops. Oh, shit. On, on camera. Just got bro. called out. We're going to edit that part out. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll get right Stella, on that. Sorry. Time like, stamp. Like, yeah, time stamp. Yeah. Whoops. Anyways. So what do we say? It makes it on the playlist? Of course. I mean, Rocky Raccoon always is going to make the playlist. Like, okay. the only way that it wouldn't make the playlist is, like, I don't know. It, the, it was the Beatles one, I think. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, it makes the playlist. 100%. Word, yeah. So uh, for those who are interested, check out our playlist on Spotify. It's bottom of the billboard. 
uh, which is just all the songs that we reviewed. If we like them, they make it on the playlist. And if you don't, if, if they didn't make it, uh, you'll never know because it's not on there. So you have to go back and watch the other episodes to find out. And then we also have our own playlist called Just Bottom of the Bill, uh, where we have all the artists that have been on the show. We feature a playlist uh, with all their music or at least one of their songs. So Yeah. I want to see that. I want I, I haven't seen the playlist bottom of the billboard in a long time so this gotta be pretty long at this point solid playlist yeah yeah or uh, all over the place though probably playing along at home is that the first cover we've had on bottom of the billboard playing playing along at home uh i think it is the first cover we've had on bottom of the billboard rocky raccoon yeah there you go uh what that tool song was a cover right right in two yeah no are you sure tool definitely wrote that song that's not out green okay get the fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, so that wraps up that section. Neat. Unless you got anything else you want to say about that? No, nah, Skate Pockets are great. You know, it's always like a boost of serotonin when you scroll past the videos on Instagram. For sure. And now TikTok, too, because they're crushing it on TikTok. Good yeah. for them. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, what you got going on now. So you've been back in Jacksonville now for how long? Uh, maybe couple years now or yeah since the pandemic i was back here permanently um and you've since put together your own band or you like kind of have circulating members what's the deal well it was never like a um and you want to call it a band but you don't but it's not really like a band because it's like for a while it was circulating members and we were all just playing my music and now it's like you know consistent guys and core members um but we're really all just playing the music it's just like when you got a band behind an artist um but not to discount them because they're phenomenal, intuitive musicians, and honestly, I I don't feel right playing without them anymore. You know who's playing with you now? Uh, Caleb Stovall, uh, Eugene Wilson, George McCall. George McCall's on bass. Um, Caleb Stovall's the drummer, and Eugene Wilson is the percussionist. Eugene Wilson is. Uh, I'm always baffled why he even plays with us <laughs> or with me because he's 65 years old, right? Or yeah, should be 65 now. And I met him. We were playing a gig. It was me and George. We were playing a gig for Dominican Independence Day. And we had to do like, we had to, we had to reel out, you know, the, we had the Dominicano, so, you know, we had to do all that stuff. And all that shit. Um, and then did some of the, the originals I had, <laughs> uh, you know. And, but um, I was looking for a percussion player. And then I ran into, I, I was put into this guy actually by my capoeira instructor. I was like, do you know any percussion players? Because again, it's music based. We have percussionists during the sparring sessions. Very right. strange when you're like beating the shit out of somebody, but there is a soundtrack to that. You yeah, know, it's happened. based off of a the dance. Bed, the yeah. bed and bow is playing, playing the Brazilian instrument. And then the maybe tiger, percussionist. Maybe. <laughs> then, then a percussionist. <laughs> yeah. While we're kicking and punching each other and sparring. Right. You know? Weird. And so... I said, do you know anybody? He's like, this is guy, and I call, and I met meet a guy named Ryan Sinclair, who's also a f- phenomenal percussionist. Um, meet him, and a, just a drummer. He's just a, he's a good drummer too, good set drummer, church guy. And meet him. He's like, I can't do the gig, but I know a guy. I was like, all right, Eugene calls me, and I never met him before. He showed up to the gig, dude, dude is sharp. Like he comes in, I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not. I like, I like, I wasn't dressing that well back then. I'm still trying to, you know. But he came in, I was like. <laughs> You know, so out dressed us at the gig, met us, played with us. You know, we were doing like Palo style stuff. It was cool. And then um, I paid him and then he told me to give him half of what I was going to pay him. And he was like, just give me half, you know. And then he invited me out to Island Girl Cigar Bar to play downtown. He's like, you should come out, you know, and when he played more, played with um, some cats down there. 
He never heard me play electric before because that was an acoustic gig, and he was like blown away. I guess he was. That's what he said. And then um, called him for another gig that was. This was when the pandemic was running up, and that gig eventually got canceled. And then he would just call me, be like, "What we got next?" And I'd be like, "I, I <laughs> you, you rolling with us now?" So you know, because it used to be just me, George, and Caleb, and it was a trio thing. And then we was talking on the phone, me and Eugene, because we we talk on the phone, and me and him, like we. You get us started, we can't stop, you know. So <laughs> we, we're we talking, and he's like, uh, you know, so, and we're talking, and da da da, talking about the group. He's like, well, I'm a core member of your group anyway. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I guess, yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. he said it. So, I mean, he invited himself, and he's more than welcome. But his, his cousins are actually the percussionists in Mandrill, okay. if you're familiar with that group, mm-hmm. the Three Wilsons. Those are his cousins, right? Wow. So he's got lineage, right? And the dude is you know, just a master, great, right? Yeah. Told me a story about how, because and if you if you fought, if you boxed, you know it, you know this. It's like percussion and boxing is the same movement. So he said, my dad bought me a pair of skins when I was a kid and a pair of boxing gloves. And I was like, God, I love that, you know. So yeah, he's um, fantastic. Caleb, they're all intuitive musicians. George has perfect pitch. I went to school with him. Um, he grad, I graduated a year after him. Oh no, a year before him. Sorry. And so he could always pick up things. He was always just hilarious, you know. He was always funny. And, like, literally, he's the, he was that guy, perfect pitch. You, like, drop a pen. He's like, C-sharp. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He doesn't do that anymore now, but, like, he used to always do it. And he still he still has it. He still, remember, I mean, one time we were going to do an Al DiMiola tune segueing into a song of mine. And uh, I was like, yeah, transpose it to A-flat. And he's like, oh, I thought it was already in A-flat. And I listened to back to the song, I'm like, Oops. Such a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry, George. <laughs> he's like, that's okay, that's cool, man. I'm like, oh, god damn. <laughs> yeah. So, so those you guys know. you like drop keys and they can tell you the intervals. So he's like, oh my God, dude. Literally knows. And I <laughs> I was like, and back when I knew nothing about theory, because I grew with the music grew as a musician with these guys. I was ranting about some shit where some horn player was telling me, Yeah, yeah, let's do my song and it's in uh it goes from G flat to the relative minor. I said, So E flat minor. He's like, Yeah. And I'm like then I'm talking, I'm, wait a minute, G-flat don't make any fucking sense. It's F-sharp. And then I'm like, we go, I'm with, again, some of the pedal guys I know were like deep theory guys too. So like, why did you even agree to that? That's F-sharp. I was like, yeah, I know. But like, you know, and then I was talking to George, ranting about the same thing because this dude was pissing me off. I was like, so what makes more sense? You know, six flats or two sharps? It's like two sharps. I was like, yeah, I know. But I'm talking to him. Like, you don't fucking know that before I did. You know? Yeah. I'm, so it's like, he's like a, again, very intuitive. All these musicians are intuitive. I like intuitive musicians better than anything. I have a I have a question about this because I'm somebody that uh, didn't learn theory till later on. Sure. Uh, and uh, I don't get like why, why why there has to be like a debate about the flat versus sharp thing. It's if, if I'm if say I'm say it. Go ahead and say it. Say G sharp major. Oh God! Please don't. Does that hurt your brain? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> don't do, I need to pour a shot of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to pour one. Of I'm, I mean, I wouldn't. I would always. You, uh, you have G sharp major. You have said it before. Don't do it. And it's okay. I usually like my my my. Inst- I'm a cool guy. Well, my instinct is just is to use flats predominantly, but like I know that it doesn't always translate. But just like, what's the difference? So, if you know what somebody's talking about, why does there have to be like a huge discussion about, about so, the thing in the moment? You know. So back me up on this, please. Uh, yeah, obviously, will. Yeah, Bill's your guy. Yeah, he's got you. <laughs> so you have. There are things that exist as certain flats that you're thinking of that exist in certain cuts. It's all about the context, right? Yeah, of course. I know that. Yeah. So in a regular context, it goes F 
F sharp, G, what, A flat to A, you know, and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like if you were going to say, it's like if you were going to say B, B sharp, or what, no, not B sharp, but B. Think about, think about the, how, what, how are you going to say, uh, you're starting at G sharp, right? Mm -hmm. Then the next one, it's going to have to be A right. sharp. Right. Mm -hmm. What's C going to be? Right, C. C is C, right? It's not B sharp. Where's no, B? You can't, you can't, in a scale. I'm oh, sorry, B sharp, I'm sorry. In the key of G sharp. It, it's it, stupid, but that's the well, context. Well, you got double sharps, you got all this stuff. Yeah, it depends on, on the boys. context, like we're trying it's, to say. It's way simpler well, than you guys are, like, you can't skip a letter. Just always think about that. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I it's know like, that. Think about, exactly, and it's that. So, so yeah, like I said, so what would, what would, it would, you would say C, or would you say B sharp? You just say C. No, and you would have to say B sharp. Right. It depends. Again, the, the context. I understand the context of it, and I get that, but I'm like, I'm not going to say B sharp. Of course I'm not. Going to say C. No. You know what I mean? And that's that's the thing. It's like, well, or if we're if we're like in C sharp, and that's okay? what it is. And I just say like A flat, right? For say go to the five chord, we're talking about going to. And I say for some reason just A flat off the top of my head. Like, what difference does it make? And somebody's like trying to like drag out time and be an asshole. Okay, yeah, that's a little much. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like yeah. what he's saying is, it's like when we're talking about certain key signatures and things like that you do have to list the right things because some people's brains are wired that way right there's yeah. people whose brains are not wired and it's like all right what you said is fine i'm not gonna fixate over it you know or the other person doesn't know the difference anyway right and again it's not a big deal yeah but it's, to yeah. some people it's <laughs> yeah. the way their brains are wired yeah. yeah the way that you were taught the way you think right it's like, it would be the same thing if you like just pronounced like Parmesan, par Parmesan. I'd be like, bro, no. Yeah. Or it's tomato. Not, like, yeah, or, exactly. Or, or well, like, that's how the Brits say it, but no or, one or, says or, Parmesan. Or, or white instead of white. white. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's, right. it's just like... It's a context thing. And, yeah. then, and, then, yeah. and then be adamant about it. Then it's like, it's the same thing. And I'd be like, you're just wrong. It's not. You no, can't, right, you can't right. do that. And then you have to go into the, like, why you don't say it that way. And then it's just like... We're all wasting time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Just got, say A flat. Got, like, right, you got to think. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying, though. Right. And it, it, I, I feel like as the musician, they might be more, like, properly educated. Like, the the burden is on you just to grant that, like, the person who's less educated the moment, right? You know what I mean? Not even that. It's like this. It's, it's again, if you're going to choose to drag it out and be a dick about it, that's sort of your prerogative. Yeah. But it's just like, sometimes, man... People are easygoing, and then there's people that are not. And then you have people who sometimes the most the, the most pretentious people are the people that are pursuing music degrees, especially classical degrees. Classical yeah, totally. Degrees. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole reason why. <laughs> you've seen what up? That there's people like you've seen like the, those symphonies, those orchestras, those all that. That is such a cutthroat. You, you think jazz is like I'm talking shit about you. I'm gonna shit on you till you cry. No, it ain't that. Like. The, the whole orchestral part of that, the classical part of that, is way worse. And it's almost like they'll tell you your mother never loved you in the most sophisticated way. Or yeah. the best thing that ever happened to you was the shit that ran down your mother's leg when she was giving birth to you. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like that. And you, you've you actually seen that. We've actually seen that in a rock and roll context where beef was started because of that particular thing. Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen. They didn't like each other? I didn't know that. Hell no. Okay. There's also a big debate over who, who, who was who better. Pop, or who popularized who popular? the finger style first. Right. Was it him or Randy Ro Ro Rhodes? Randy right. Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes was first, though, right? No. Not necessarily. I mean, Randy it, Rhodes, I think, was probably um, had more awareness 
but they were coming up in the same scene at the same time. Here was Black Sabbath was like way back in the late sixties. Here was the thing. Yeah, Eddie Van Halen was in the like late late seventies. Early early late seventies. Yeah. Here's the thing with that. It doesn't matter who populated it. Yeah, it what, was, was, what was the beef? Randy attacked Eddie because they were like, oh, well, you kind of, they were like, you kind of do things Eddie are doing, da 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 da. And they're like, um, well, Eddie's just smoking mirrors. Ooh. And that's where that's it started. That's fine, words. Eddie never really responded because he didn't have to. Yeah. Eddie was Eddie Van Halen. Rest right? in peace. So it's like, you know, and low key, it's, it's a. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. Okay, it's 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 messed up because look, Eddie didn't speak out on what Randy said until after Randy died. Yeah, of course. he didn't say he was, and he didn't say anything about the. Well, he said something like you know, and it was the way Eddie carried himself. You think it was cocky, but it wasn't cocky. It was just like. It's just the way he talked, but it wasn't like he was like acting like he invented or any doing anything. The tapping thing. Did not invent that. If anybody not. did it more of a, in a spectacle way, it was better than either of them, and it was Stanley Jordan. Yeah, 100%. Okay? Nobody talks about him, though. Nobody talks about yeah. him, right? Yeah. Okay? When you have a guitar here, and you're doing this here on the other guitar, like, I'm sorry, I'm not thinking about Randy or Eddie right He's now. He's playing yeah. a piano. He's also... Right. Do you, it's a whole different approach to playing music, also a whole different style of music. Right, exactly. And so... He didn't write Panama, so... No, he didn't. No, he right, that's a good song. But he has a good song. The, the point about it is Sorry. the point about the point about it is, is Eddie didn't have to respond. It's the same thing with like you know, uh, uh, what's his name with the whole Drake thing. Uh, Pusha T. Drake didn't have to respond. Drake is Drake. Pusha T. We, nobody wanted to say it to him, but he fell off. Yeah. Nobody like, and it looked like you were doing that shit for clout when you do the story of Adonis and out that you got a son, a secret son. Like, like he was doing that shit for clout, and you eventually was. And Pusha T was one of my favorite rappers, so I lost respect for him because you you going after somebody. And Drake did not have to respond because he's Drake. I'm not even a big Drake fan, but it's Drake. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So this Eddie Van Halen versus this kid who is again pursuing a classical music degree, working with Ozzy, fantastic. Now who had better phrasing? Then, subjective thing, but well, I would definitely, I, I, I'm definitely. I'll give it to Randy. Roads, yeah. I'll give it to Randy because he 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 did have a lot of decent phrasing there. But see, more musical. To Eddie me, Eddie you know? was in a blues rock thing. He was a fantastic rock guitar player, and what he was doing at the time was a little bit DIY. His thing was raw because there was no training behind it, right. and that's what you have to notice. Somebody to come and attack that. Like I don't respect Randy for doing that, but that'll tell you like people who. The snob thing still exists even today where in musicians, even in young, old, whatever, there's a thing where you don't know this and or you don't know that, then that doesn't make you something. But see, there's musicians that understand the difference between how Stevie Wonder was able to express himself with so many chord shapes and melodies and everything like that, and Bob Dylan was able to do it with three or four chords. Right. When you understand and you bridge that gap, you understand the ego sort of disappears well, or artist, has to. Artistry is artistry in, exactly. any, in any capacity, you know what I mean? And there's people that just kind of have creative minds and, and they do it one way, and then there's people that have creative minds and do it a different way. Mm-hmm. And there is some, something to be said about the education that some people have. Some of these versus, people didn't you know, have educations, though. Some of these people didn't, like, some of these people just literally figured it out that's like the whole touched by god thing you know what i mean yeah totally and so it's like there's a clear difference <clears throat> between those people versus like like sure. stevie wonder was a trained musician absolutely obviously and bob yeah. dylan was just one of those guys he was creative as hell right and found his thing and made it work for him mm-hmm. so but like you know i can see where some of the, the like like the 
it's not that it's like justified, but there is a kind of a thing where it's like trained artists that where they're they're like, well, this is what I did to get here, and this is like how I'm thinking about it. This person's just from their perspective is like they're just winging it, and somehow it's working for them. But that's better. A, but thing about it it's is it's a weird jealousy it, thing. It is but. a weird. But the thing about it is that's the ego that has to disappear. Yeah, totally. Because it's like. Was Eddie winging it? He still practiced. He was still... I mean, he was one of the guys that could play solid while shit-faced drunk yeah. on stage. Yeah. Because he was a heavy alcoholic. Yeah. You know, so... It helps he, when you're playing the same show every night. Playing the same show every night, but like... I don't know. It was just like... Learn eruption. Playing... He, he's just being snobby right now. No, no, no. no. Eruption. Like, hey, eruptions, eruptions, okay, eruption's not hard. It's, it's Spanish fly is hard. Play it then. I've never sat down. Are you there? Are you there with me right now? I'm right there with you. Are let you him, right there with me? Let him get another couple feet on the hole he's digging. Let him go. Right, right. Yeah. Eruption's not hard. Spanish flies hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. That intro to Mean Streets is hard. There you go. A little bit. I don't know. I don't know how to play guitar. It all is hard. And hard's also a relative <laughs> thing too. It's like just what, like what are you comfortable with? No, Spanish, Spanish flies hard. Spanish but I, I'm not. I'm not trying. <laughs> I've never. I've never. Learned, I'm not I've being never snobby learn. when I say it's. Just eight, it's eight flies, not your charm. I'm just, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, like that's it. I'm just trying to, no. I'm baby burning you to, to get into the right thing. So yeah. You, so the next time you say it in front of somebody else, God forbid, like no, it, it, it Eddie is, Van Halen or anybody else, who, it, whoever you're meeting, so you don't that, sound stupid. Eddie. I don't think I'm meeting Eddie anytime soon. Hopefully, oh, but man, uh, rest in peace. I, uh, I, my father was so upset when he died. I was too, too actually. Jeez. Like it was like you know because it, it I, I, I forgot him. he had cancer. And I called my dad because my dad was a huge Eddie Van Halen fan, huge Van Halen fan, shoved those guys down my throat. Same thing with Iron Maiden, right? This guy would send me an Iron Maiden song every day and tell me how it applied to my life. You know, I'm tired. You know, you're tired of I am of hearing wasted years of Iron Maiden. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like this close to putting my foot through a wall. It's good that you have that education, though, man, because there's a lot of people, myself included, that don't have that kind of awareness of all these different genres of music. It's that, important to have that kind of understanding of you know how this why this music works like this and why this person is good for that and you know like just because again like like a lot of guys that come from like the rock world especially the classic rock stuff have no appreciation for hip-hop and that's for for younger people and older people too so it's like just having the well, again it, it, yeah well, sorry did not cut you no go for it go for it no it depends because Aerosmith was collabing with Run DMC. Totally. You know what I mean? So it was about how open-minded you were trying to be at the time. I, yeah, and, and you know, whatever whatever the angle was, is it did a, a great thing for culture as a whole. Right. I don't know that it was like Steven Tyler being like, I love this music. I want to do it. I, I to me, it's more think, of just like a like a, like capitalizing on well, on stay, on relevance. You know. I, I think it was cool. Like I think. Things are put together for like money grabs, but again, yeah, to understand, man, it's like me and you working together on something. Just like there's no record sort of industry behind us, we're kind of, well, we're not nobody, but it's like we're not like hugely significant, but it's like there's a genuine, you know, exchange. I do believe that that still existed even when those things, you're putting these people together. I think these people met and they were like, so what do you want to do? Well, okay, well, oh yeah, I like that. Let's do, I don't think that it was 
they could still walk away and say, yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling this, you know? And they decided to do it because these guys got enough money anyway. Yeah. So you got you to gotta chalk it up to that sometimes. Totally. I, I'm genuinely curious about it, though, because to, to me, regardless of what it was, the outcome is the outcome, and it did an amazing thing mm-hmm. about bridging communities, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I, but, I believe, I believe. like, again, there's there, there are some that you can see aren't genuine, but there are some that you do. Yeah. And, like, to... With the whole knowing about different genres, like that's my dad, that's my mom and dad. Like I always say, like I had parents with good music taste. Thank goodness, you know, right? Yeah. And but my dad was all over the place. You know, my dad, we were listening to so much, you know, stuff. And then there was the Latin stuff, Latin stuff, you know, on top of it. Like you know, that's why I have like a weird love hate relationship with salsa because my dad was always playing like Hector Lavoe and you know, the Fania All-Stars all, you know, in the kitchen when he was cooking or wherever. Like, Elia de Mi Suerte, that, that song is like, when that those trumpets come in on that song, it's kind of haunting. It's like, man, this is like childhood. It's kind of, you know. <laughs> but it's ingrained in you, though. That's, yeah, that's yeah. an important thing, it was, you know? it, it, And it's that thing. It's like, and then there's the hip-hop thing, and then there's the R&B thing, and then there's the jazz thing. My father was a huge, like, just like he's a huge Iron Maiden fan, you know, huge... Uh, Eddie fan, huge. He's a huge Coltrane fan. I remember we were watching. That's our thing. Sometimes we get together and we like watch music documentaries, especially jazz music documentaries. We watched the Grant Green documentary together. We watched the uh, Thelonious Monk documentary. We watched the Coltrane documentary. I was in Detroit for a gig, and he was he was already up. I'm like waking up, you know, because I played all fucking night. And I get up, and he's like watching the Coltrane, the new one that they had did back then, the Coltrane documentary. And I remember he sat there and said, "Man, when John was playing, he wasn't on this planet," you know. And like, it's like, man, so my dad has that connection to music almost like I do. And it's always, it's always like, and he knows everything. Like when I say he knows everything, I'm not lying. Like the dude like knows the music that comes out before I do. Yeah. He'll be like, did you hear so-and-so's new album? I know. I no. <laughs> As you told me, I'm going to go, you know, check it out. He'll yeah. be like, you know, you know, NBA young boys joint just dropped. He'll call, he called me one time. It was so funny. I'm sitting in my bed. He called me. He goes, he goes, you up? I'm like, yeah, 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 what's up? He's like, do you think Gunner's fucking with Lil Baby? I'm like, I, what, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, do you think, like, you know, like, he, he can hold a candle to him? I said, well, Gunner used to write for Lil Baby, which you got to understand. I think I think Gunner can, you know, sort of surpass Lil Baby the way I, because I like him, I'm a fan, right? And then he's like, Nah, I disagree. I respect your opinion, but I disagree. This is your introduction. <laughs> you call to the me day. to argue. Like, you call <laughs> you, me to argue. You just open your eyes, and this is the conversation. This is a conversation. Or he's like, "Hey, <laughs> he's like, hey, you got your wish list, man. You know, Kodak Black and Rod Wave finally did a song, and I'll be like, when did it drop? Like, how do you know this shit, man? Because he's on, like, he's he's out there, you know. And I'm, I feel, I'm not, you know, I am, but I'm not. Is not he as, involved in the industry at all? Uh, he's. People have come up to him. He's he's done advising and consulting and stuff like that before. He's been in it, you know. But he just knows. He's just a no shit. Where's he at? Let's get him on the podcast. Ah, oh, he's he he likes to be out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, you know. <laughs> at, at times, I don't know anymore. Like he'll 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 he likes to be out of sight, out of mind. But every time I see him, like he's dressed up and always, you know, he's out here, you know, looking fly and like, you know. <laughs> I mean, we went we went to some spot not too long ago together because we were just. It's funny because it was the first time we, without having to talk about music, without just, you know, having something else to do with, you know, outside, we just hung out, right? And we went to, like, I think, you know, 
ramen jerk or whatever. And <laughs> we got there and we just just hanging out. We just did that and then we went like and saw, you know, a movie or whatnot. But it was there, it was weird because we didn't talk about music. But it was like, yeah, he was always like, you know, and my stepmom always told me, Yeah, your father, your grandfather, they were always fashion forward. I guess that's where I get it from, you know, a little bit. Like they were always fashion forward guys. But my dad, yeah, he a lot of times he likes to be outside out of mind. You know, I would definitely, you know, I'll talk to him. But yeah, he's him and my mother were the two like the the musical influence was so vast. My mother was like a huge, gosh, she was a huge like Guns N' Roses fan, and you know she knew a lot of country stuff too. And I was like, you know, smoking a bandit, like she knew that song by heart. I'm like the fuck, are you? one time it was like it came on like a commercial, she was singing. I'm like, what are you doing? Like so, it's things like that. Then I was able to sort of bridge the rest of it, like find other types of music. Like I was discovering, I think it was around the time which shaped me as a musician was when my grandfather passed away when I was a sophomore, sophomore year in high school was God awful, Jesus. But when he passed away, it was like that kind of was a, I started to take music seriously because I fell into like this dark place and that was really, I was sinking fast, you know, and the thing that brought me back was was sort of the music and sort of getting more into it. Like I said, I was telling you, like, I was just playing around with my friends. Like, I didn't see becoming a decent musician. That was never in the cards, you know. What I did, you know, set out to do was just hang out, fit in. Everybody was playing whatever. I'm learning some chords. All right, cool. We can rock, you know. But then when he passed away, because before he died, we he we bought a guitar together. And I think I was telling one of them that $60 pawn shop guitar. You didn't see it at the gig because it's like the nuts broken on it. But that was my main gigging guitar for a long time. Still is once I get it fixed. And it was $60. We split it away. I think I paid 30. He paid 30. That was like the only thing like I had to remember him by. And like I said, him and my father were constants in my life. The two constant men in my life. Him and my, my mother's father. But those two were like, you know, it was always like, it wasn't, with them it was a different vibe. They were always encouraging, you know? And then I found out later on that they hadn't gotten along for years, you know? But together, they, they faked it with me, you know? Um, which, is, which is crazy, because if, if I was older and they were both still alive, I'd have made them squash it, you know? Um, the thing about it is, so yeah, when he died, it was awful. And then sort of came back through music, through practicing through trying to write and it took a while and then the music was something that I always say it saved my life and it's almost like I owe my life to music like in a lot of ways this whole thing is not about me it's about the life that I owe to the the cause I have to be the best I can be because I'm almost like a vessel for music I, I, I have to be sharp and sharpen myself and continue to do that because this is the magic and wonders that music can do. And it's not about me. I, I, I lose that sometimes, but I go, I always go back to like, remember why you're doing this, you know? And that's the reason is this brought me back. You can't turn your back on this no matter what happens. I think that's such a, like an important, thing to keep perspective on because I feel like I feel like most artists are feel 
like I, I was talking to uh, I, was, I, I have a similar impulse with it as well, you know. Sure. And to, to me, it's like music saved my life in so many regards. Right. And it's like to me, knowing the power of it is like what I want to bring to the world. So it's like almost show it what it can do. Show them what it can do to you. Exactly. And like you feel like you can be a vessel for that thing. So you do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And which which is why when you have a bad night or like you do something that doesn't Beat work, the it's yourself. the worst feeling is yeah. like you guys let the entire world down. Yeah. Even though nobody knows what the fuck Just, you're doing. That's like when I told when you came to me after the gig and I was so not happy with that gig. Like I wanted to like like it was it was it pissed me off because this is like, this is John Parker Urban. I can't embarrass myself in front of these guys. I want to do, this was my, my last big gig for a while that was like all inclusive originals and it was big band and everything. It wasn't just acoustic stuff. And I sh just shat the bed, I felt like. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Over stupid shit, you know? And I was like, the, the certain things stopped working, certain things, you know, these are people that wanted to hear my originals for so long. Shane's there, John's there, you're there. They're all, everybody's there. And I'm like, and then you were like, don't beat yourself up. And I'm like, no, but see, that's the reason why. Yeah. It's because I hold, like, it ain't about putting on a perfect show. It's about, like, I want to express. There's times, man, sometimes you got to play, like, Jerry Garcia talked about this, like, I remember seeing a clip of it. He took some mushrooms and then thought like, you know, the mob was trying to get him. Yeah, and the fuck. Seen you seen that? that? Yeah. And then he's like, I played for my life. You know, I played for my life and they let me live. And he said, you know, and he's like, whenever I forget what I'm doing or what I need to do, I play for my life. And it's sort of an extension of that. I'm not playing for my life, but I am playing to think of it. If I die tomorrow, it's the last thing you have to remember me by. It's the last place you saw me, the last thing you saw me doing. Would I be happy with how I came across in that moment? Totally. You know, and that's the thing about it. We, and we, and we all get that kind of shit. Most people don't pick up on, on the things that you're picking up on those gigs, which is why I was saying that. Cause I, I had the same thing when somebody, I was exactly your age and somebody, like I was playing on a gig with somebody and they were like, they're like, hey man, you did a great job. I was like, oh no, man, I fucked up here, I fucked up there. And he just stopped me dead in my tracks. He was like, hey, just take the compliment. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Right. And he's like, because most people don't hear what you hear, number one. But it's but I do, I understand that impulse. And it's like I was talking to um my sister the other day, and she was asking about some stuff that she's got going on. And um, she, you know, she was talking about like her, her new, uh, uh, job she's got going in a career path or whatever. And she was like, do you think that I could like end up owning my own company? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I think that you could, I think that like most people can, but you'll know when you're ready to, because <coughs> it's, it's the same impulse that you have, like when you need to drink water, it's like. It's like you might not even know how thirsty you are until you start drinking and all of a sudden you can't stop. Mm -hmm. That's the impulse to create or or whatever the passion is. Like that's the passion right there. It's it's almost like, man, and I've reached a point in my life and I it, lately I've been hanging around a lot of people who are in the party mode, right? And I get I party. I have a good time, right? When it's time to have a good time. Sure. And it's like, oh, well, let, let's do this, you know, let's, uh, and not even like, sometimes the stuff they're doing is lame. All they want to do is like, do drugs and drink. Like, and we're not doing anything. We're not going to go out and fucking get chased by the cops. Nothing. Right. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm from Florida. Like, we're not going to really do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do it. We need to do it, you know? So anyway, like, it's lame in that sense, but it's like, that's, I see a lot of these people in these holes in life and seeing like, again, and I'm not judgmental at all. 
everybody has some kind of issue, right? Everybody has things they, they choose not to address if that's their prerogative, okay? But it's like you, you see what's fun for people, right? And like going out, drinking, going out, hanging out, going out, partying, doing whatever, that's fine. But honestly, I take a night over honing in my craft. And I don't mean staying in the house and practicing guitar all night. That's not what I mean. I mean, or practicing your instrument all night. That's not what I mean. But actually creating something, maybe being in the studio and, and finishing up a project, even though as much as studio, as tedious as studio recording still is, but knowing what I need to get out and feeding that. And again, going back to, if I'm not doing anything musically enough in a day, it's not fulfilling. And then on top of that, it's not fulfilling, not just for me, because it's not about me, like I'm saying. I need to do this. Time needs to be allotted to this because this is, don't forget why you're here. It's the purpose. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, not even just that, it's, it feeds you. So it, it's great. I take a night over that, doing that over any kind of party in any day. Oh, 100%. Take a night yeah. over sitting, writing a song with somebody over a party any day or anything like that where something magical has to happen. And I see a lot of people in the scene, which again, I've always like kept one foot in the scene, one foot out, because I've always kind of been removed. Like you, I play all around and outside of town, right? And come in, you go to a few of the jams, hang out, you know. I didn't know about any of them really till this year, because I was going out, but with a purpose to promote certain exactly. gigs, right? Otherwise, I'm not going out, you know, because it's like, or going to those, because not making any money. And, you know, you know, I'm not a snob about playing free. I'll pray, play if I want to play, even if it's free. But it's like, what are we doing here? It's time and a place, yeah, 100%. Time and a place. So it's like that. And so it's like you see a lot of people, like, getting on with age and all that. And there's nothing wrong, like, with getting older. But you see a lot of people, like, doing certain things. And the thing that's kept me focused is the fact that there is a purpose, there is an end game to this. It's not necessarily the fame and fortune, even though that would be nice. Still, I like paying my bills with money. I mean, not with money, with music. Yeah. <laughs> we all pay bills with money. I like paying my bills with music, but it's like there's something deeper where you want to let the world know not who you are in a selfish way, but you want to let the world know the power of this Of the music, entity, yeah, right? totally. And that's that's 100% right you're and, going uh, for that and that's i mean you know i talk about it all the time just about like you know pacing the, like going to the jams and like you know i'll i'll i make like one appearance i'll come out maybe like a week or two and then i'm gone for like six months yeah. you know because again like you get stuck in the partying mode Bro. and then you get like you know it's too much socializing it's like, it's like when people hand people do people handing me a drink while i'm trying to play is foreign yeah <laughs> because i'm like bro i'm already high like I'm already enjoying myself. Yeah, you know? and 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 even and even yeah, exactly. And, I'm already and, up here, you know. And and, and even tall right now. And even beyond that, it's like there's so much that goes into this thing, like you know, playing a gig or like being at a jam, like whatever gigs pay bills right now, and the jams are fun to socialize and see people. But it's like there's so much that goes into this thing that like you can't be out all the time, and if you are. You're you're going to keep like that's going to be the Dude, thing. And forever. it's like this where where the songwriting thing, and I don't know if you have any questions pertaining to that yet. I don't want to rush anything. But the songwriting aspect of things is like I used to tell George this. I used to go, Man, I go out almost like it's almost like going out of social experiments now. Yeah. <laughs> it goes from like being 
out. You're like, you want to hang out with your boys. You, you want to hang out with your boys and do all that. But you all, you go out for what? Experiences, right? Yeah. You go out for something like trying to feed you life-wise. And then on top of that, you see like, oh, this is kind of, I looked at it one day. I was like, no, it's kind of a social experiment. That's what any me going out anytime is. It's like, do you want to go out and do this? It's like, yeah, I could write. You know what I mean? I could pull something. I let, Let's see if there's something in store for me tonight that I can pull from one day. Or let's see if there's something I can think back on. Let's see if something can happen. Let's see if I can experience something, you know, that's out of the norm, you know? And that's the thing about it, these experiences. You go out and it's almost like social experiments for your writing, for your craft. For me, at least. Sure, but there's, I, I think, there, and Bill, feel free to chime in whenever. Where? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, there, but there's a value in relationships, too, I think. No, no, you know? that, that, that too. No, the relationships, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But, I mean, to go out and just, let's say, you want to go out and hit the beach bars, do some crazy shit. I mean, I'm not gonna say no. Yeah, that shit sucks though. Once you get like older, that I hate doing that crap now. Anyways, well, I'm 22, so yeah, fucking live it up for the next eight years, and then tell me how you feel when you're 33. (laughs) And you'll be like, yeah, I'm never, I'm never doing that again. I don't know. All I I do is pregame now. Hopefully, (laughs) pregame nothing. Bring it back. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's bro. It's like it's like this, man. There's there's points in my life where I want to be like I don't want to be going out doing crazy shit at 33. Like, I don't want to be trying to, I don't want to be in my 30s, but like acting like I'm 20. It's fun. It is fun, but it's like. Because you have 30 year old money. I see. You got got 30 year old money, but 30 year old money needs to go to like 30 year old responsibilities. You know? Yeah, I'm responsible. I'll pay my bills on time. So it's like, you know. (laughs) I fucking do. Yeah. What's up? So it's like, but you see a lot of that. And again, no judging, no looking down, but you see a lot of thirty year olds like trying to be in their twenties, trying to like live it up like they're in their twenties or like trying to trying to do that desperately. And it's like, bro, like, it's all right, man. Like it's cool. It's just a, it's just a priority thing. It's 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 a it's a you know, like what you're trying to do and partying is fun and it's got its place. And I think that, you know, the experience is great and like taking a break from the grind is is important Absolutely. and you need to do that. Yeah. But there's also like a time and a place for things, and I think that Part of being a musician is yes, going to the jams and you know, quote unquote, networking. I hate that term sometimes, but I thought you loved it. No, I mean, I, I don't mind doing it when I have you to. Love it, but but networking, but then also honing your your skills, performing, and then you know, Excuse keeping. There you go. No, that was gross. You're disgusting. Never coming so back. So sorry. Again. I, 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 <laughs> no. um, but then also just you know the relationships that you build with people being out there. It's just good to like yeah. have friends you know outside of the oh, context yeah, of music. Dude. So all of that stuff has value. But then there's still the other side of it where you I gotta go back home. You gotta go home. You need to you need to you need to practice. Like like practicing is still a real thing. You need to be writing. You need to like fo- like there's a business side of it. You know there's like mm-hmm. there's like thinking about like you do have to think about there's a work ethic yeah, there, yeah exactly like you do have to think about what social media looks like and how you're gonna you know and what you're gonna do and see, it man. takes a lot of time and you know if you want to go on tour you have to figure out how we're gonna book this tour what what, what does it look, look like logistically budget wise and like how are we doing that's all, you exactly know? you're 100 right you hit it on the head because it's like you do what i what i do you know we do the almost the same thing on play out and everything like that and it's like what I've always done is that I've been fortunate to have fantastic opportunities. I hope more come. But it's like, again, when I say one foot in the scene, one foot out of the scene, it's like, man, I didn't step foot into this whole musician's community here. Like, I'm not here without having met you guys in this certain, you know, certain places. So it's like, 
I didn't know any of that existed. And on top of that, when you're a musician, you get this shit kicked out of you, you know, I don't mean like actually kicked out of me. I wish somebody fucking tried. Anyway, so like, uh, uh, um, you know, <laughs> but you 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 get like grinding, you're around getting sort of put down all the time. I tell you, man, being around you guys and being around a lot of other people in these places that see and say, like hearing I'm a good player, that's not something I hear often, you know, and not even in the circles I hang around because those circles have kind of dissipated, but that's my frame of reference for what was ever something beforehand, sure. right? I hear you, yeah. And so I it's every like, musician goes through that, for and, sure. And hearing like, okay, you dig these songs. I've always gotten like, I dig this song, I dig that, but it's always in small little places, you know? And I guess, you know, it's like, people gravitating like you did like to the songwriting more than the guitar playing because I, I i say this once and i'll say it again i do not give a shit about being a good guitar player i just don't like it's cool i don't know if i'm good or good or what whatever that's a whole different that's a loaded question for me anyway that i prefer not to answer ever right but it's like that doesn't get far to me like there's great guitar solos and i'm like yeah it's cool but that's the musician in me what music is moving me right right and then when there's the lyricism which i was a writer before i was actually a guitar player you know that was my forte that was what i went to school for you know i have literally i brought that i i thought i was gonna like I thought you were going to be gone longer, so I was going to read. Like, I'm big into poetry. You know, I've, I'm trained in poetry. I, I released a poetry book when I was 17. Like, I've, I'm a published author. Like I, and I wrote a second book during the pandemic. And so it's like the writing part is more like I care about saying something that, that moves people. And I care about getting something across. Like, that's always been my thing. But it look like, what, what does guitar player do? Like, it's cool. Arrangement, music arrangement knowledge is great. What am I going to do? Put a little solo here. Do a little cool thing there on the record. Oh, that's here. Do that. And then, I think it's a know. perspective thing again. You know, I think that, like, there's... there's It can be very great and enriching. Like I said, the guitar is a instrument that knows no bounds. I do 100% believe that. Yeah, and you can... And I think just it's just, like, what speaks to you. I mean, the guitar playing stuff is great. I, like, I've always been moved by songwriting you know, first and then guitar came later. Right. But I've also been moved in a way by guitar players and, and guitar solos and, you know, like, like, like musicians across the board, like drummers, musicians, Yeah. You know? Like, like there's, there's solos and there, there's things that are being said on the instrument that can, you know, like affect you in a certain yeah, way. So I think it's yeah. that, that to me is what strives. Like, like that's why I practice guitar a lot. Cause I, I like, I want to be a great writer. I want to be like a great, uh, a songwriter, but I also want to be able to communicate the same emotion through the guitar. Well, see, you know? you're, you're absolutely right. And like, yeah, I don't mean to say like the music is in the language of its instrumentation is in the language of itself. Cause it is, there's things that move me with guitar solos, whether it's this, whether it's that, whether it's whole arrangements the thing about it is like, I guess I look at it differently because the way I practice guitar is like practicing guitar for me, as it always has been, is almost like a, like I said, it brought me back. Right. Or, playing music brought me back. It's almost like a nervous tick. I can't sleep, I practice. I get yeah. anxious, I practice. Same, yeah. I go straight to the guitar. Totally. It's almost like that's the second thing. I noodle or whatever, and that's that's the thing I go to. Yeah. I don't go, like, do something. I don't go chug a fifth of vodka. I don't do it, like, because that, that, that's not what I know. Like, you know, and I'm glad I don't know drinking and drugs as an impulse. 
But I know like to rush to that instrument when I feel like the world is coming down on me or there's something, you know, I've never been a heavy anxiety ridden person, but I think that's because that I, I think that's because I play guitar. That's why I'm not an anxiety ridden person, you know? And so it's things like that where even small things, like the reason I don't, like I see people smoke it, like you smoke cigarettes and there's people that vape and everything like that. And I know those are signs of like stress or like you smoke them because you're stressed or there's anxiety and things attached yeah, to that. Totally, yeah. And I, I know that because my grandfather smoked cigarettes for years and all that stuff like that. And like I said, drinking, alcoholic, drug addicts, all in the family. We got it, you know. If, as if that's not a common thing nowadays, right? <laughs> so the thing about it is, it's like, I guess I never had those tics. I never had those things. It's because like music sort of pulled me out of this dark state. And then before that, it was like physical things, like sports and all these other things to do, right? So you've, you've been able to put it into something productive, which is important. Something productive or something is an outlet. Because like I was telling you, the whole the, the martial arts thing, like that whole thing was like, that was a bad way to... Ex exert my energy because it was making me a bad person. Uh, it was making me like such a, we were angry kids. Me and my cousin, we, we, we came up, came up kind of the same way. We were angry kids growing up. Right. Mm -hmm. And we took the fighting and we took the doing all this stuff. Right. And, uh, it's one of those things where you, you're not like healthily excrementing this thing you're feeding the beast. It's an interesting perspective. When you, it's, I had to let that part go because I didn't like who I was becoming. That's why I stopped it all together. I still practice, still like keeping shape, but I stopped. And there were a few other things that happened that was like a wake up call, but it was like, I stopped all together because that was like not going anywhere positive. That's going somewhere destructive very fast. Right. As to music, it had a different effect on me made me more of a peaceful thing. And then when I, I made peace with the whole thing with martial arts, because I was like, okay, it's an art form. When I saw it through that lens, I'm like, I, I get it now. So I, I don't have to let it go. And so when with music, it's like the juxtaposition of the two times in my life where, because I picked up music pretty late. I started playing guitar when I want to say I was 15. That's hilarious. You say it's late. I was 14. I think that's kind of early. 14, 15 yeah. is around there. Middle school time, right? Um, well, that's the time I started doing a lot of things. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like um, that kind of thing is like it feeds me in that way, like jumping on guitar. Like I, I, I want to be expressive, but like I'm already kind of being expressive because it's like I'm getting something out still. Right. Like when I played, like there was one time we went to, we, were, you know, practicing for a gig, me and the, the other guys, right? Caleb, George, and Eugene. And... I had George, I told George, I started playing Maggot Brain. Because I, I had some shit on my mind, man. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I started playing the chords and George started soloing and then he started playing the chordal stuff on bass and I just like let it fly. Because I was like, oh, I'm, I, I was sad or pissed or something, right? I didn't feel like singing any of my songs. I didn't feel like doing, like I just wanted to, you know, because that was that thing of where that record was pure expression, right? Eddie Hazel, one of my favorite guitar amazing. players. Yeah, totally. You know, that was pure expression there because the whole story was like, well, there's one story where it's like, oh, they he was drunk and they found him and in order to sober him up, they were like, George, what are we doing? And George Clinton was like, tell him his mom died. And I was like, that's fucked up. But yeah, <laughs> that got it done. And then 
then there was one like there's another iteration of that story where he was like how do I how you want me to play it and George was like play it like your mom died and I, you know either way it's still kind of like you know <laughs> the second one's a little bit better the first one that's kind of fucked up that's hilarious but, the first one yeah <laughs> but yeah so it's like things like that where you know you can express yourself on an instrument without even having to talk that's a gift I will never take for granted um, but I don't always see practicality in it when approaching music yeah totally or not the practicality i don't always see like the immediate use for it when i do have words because before that i had words right what i mean that's the first thing that you had right 100 percent. that's awesome man um bro i could sit here and talk to you about like we could do a whole other episode (laughs) uh we got to move on to the um to the news segment to the what are we calling it now uh, bottom line news. Bottom line news. Uh, you don't like, like that? I haven't said it out loud yet. It's a working <laughs> We're title. just We're texting it back out. and forth. We're working it out. But whatever. Um, if, you can, if you can find any great puns for news and our uh, podcast, then that'd be great. Yeah. For right now, it's a working title, Bottom Line News. Uh, so what we're doing is we're basically just kind of highlighting um, like a new current event that's happening within music. Um, this one's kind of it, it's music related, but music-ish because like really it's I was because the more I go into it, I was like oh shit this really isn't about music is it I mean but it does affect artists I'm curious to have tell kid tell kids what's happening okay so YouTube Shorts and TikTok are basically having like a big uh, kind of thing right now yeah so yeah here's the article. Uh, YouTube is trying to adapt to the new TikTok model. Um, and so the, obviously they've created their shorts platform. Uh, Everybody has. It's annoying. Totally. But YouTube is talking about paying up to 45% of their ad revenue uh, from the shorts to their their content creators. So let, so let me ask. So if you uh, were having a normal like 10 minute long YouTube clips, like you're not going to make that much money off of the revenue. That's what... But if you do it on shorts to get people to start doing YouTube shorts more instead of going to TikTok, they're going to pay you 45%, which is like way more, right? Right. But the is pro- that, that the, that's what you're getting at? Yeah, because okay. right because the TikTok right now on TikTok, the, the content creator uh, like payment system, basically, it's like a pool, right? So there's there's a billion dollars in TikTok allocated to paying creators on the platform right. that are at a certain amount. And they can't really calculate... Uh, why the creators are are like what creators making what based on the, the amount of views because there's so many things that come into play. Where's it at in the feed? What came before that video in the feed? What comes after it on that feed? Is that playing into uh, to the success rate that that video is seeing on TikTok as far as views and engagement go? So what TikTok does is they create a pool billion dollars and they pay per view after a certain amount of views. Um, and it ends up being like, if you have 200,000 views or something on a video, you get like $200 or some shit for the month. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's not a lot for the amount of money, for the amount of time that you're doing. So yeah, the creator fund right here, pool of $200 million unveiled this summer, uh, plan to expand $1 billion in the U S over the next three years, double that. And then basically what YouTube is saying is that they're going to create, uh, a not, it's not a pooling system. There's, no, they just, never have had a pooling system. But the problem is, is that they use ads on ten-minute-long videos. Yeah, of course. Right. So the video, they don't know how, the, how it's going to translate to YouTube Shorts. 
So yeah, they give you more percentage of ad revenue, it's but just, you can't just, really advertise. Just call it what shorts. it is, YouTube, and just you're just making TikTok and you're just competing with TikTok. That's the end of it. That's, a, that's <laughs> it's it. Like that, it's like that. It's like that. What that? Uh, you ever heard of? Well, you may have heard of the, the dude that uh, has the Instagram handle, the Shiggy Show, right? And he was like, when uh, Instagram started doing Instagram stories, he got on. Uh, he got on Instagram and was like, "Yo, Instagram, relax. Like, yeah. let Snapchat have a shit, man. Like, yeah. you know. So it's kind of like that, you know. Like, you know, he's like, you're trying to make it better, but it's not working. It's yeah. Like, like, well, because the problem is, what ends up happening is that you have like this confusion as to what the platform it's is. So and right now, now because I, I think it's more of like them trying to end because they're all owned by the same person. I think, well, TikTok, not, not TikTok, be. but right. Instagram and Facebook are Snapchat's owned by a different company. Well, not Snapchat. I mean, I meant like Snapchat's YouTube. done though. Or it's, it's, about it's still, no, it's still, no, it's still a thing. Um, it's, the stock's like next to nothing now. Yeah. Yeah. It, Facebook, Instagram, and like, I don't know if YouTube isn't owned by the same person. No, YouTube's but, by Google. Right. Yeah. YouTube's by Google. So I think it's like, again, it's like the, them trying to compete with each other and like that's what it was TikTok kind of has taken the world by storm unfortunately like I'm not a huge fan of TikTok I'm, just, I'm a huge fan of TikTok it's, you are? it's, it's fun yeah, to watch it, it, like not by choice either it's like addicting it's hell. not to me it's, it's not so it's bad. like bro I, I, I scroll through a couple of videos I'm like bro this is not it and I just Oof. exit the text yeah down. lucky you yeah, I mean it depends like there's times like I'll be scrolling through it and it's like if I got stuff to do I won't spend very much time on it, but yeah, of if, if I'm like bored as fuck at home, I'm just like nothing to watch That's on TV. That's what I'm doing now. Now do it, but like this is this whole thing's kind of wild though because I'm the thing is that this this is for like geared towards content creators, but I'm cu- I'm curious as to what it means for artists because there's deals that TikTok signs with like major labels on yeah. licensing the music, mm-hmm. right? So I'm curious as to how artists get paid. Uh, from it, YouTube? It, well, no. For, well, on YouTube versus uh, TikTok, and how that, like the YouTube Shorts versus TikTok, is going to affect. I think the licensing on either platform. I think the TikTok um, is a little like TikTok. Okay, TikTokers can get like sort of propelled into getting a good payday, but the TikTok payout, every payout is slow. Oh, well, TikTok payout. TikTok payout is also marginal like there's no way to make a living off of it what, exactly. what tiktokers make with money on is with like youtube you you can monetization yeah. that's a thing well, where because YouTube, you make youtube videos for a living those guys there's several people doing that yeah you and youtube will pay like like you know outside of shorts like on actual uh on actual videos will pay 50 percent of ad revenue to their creators which is great but and that's and that's that's all cool. And where but where artists are making money on TikTok is more from the deals that they get, like the brand deals and partnerships that they get from other companies off of the TikTok platform. I'm curious as to the deals that they're working out, like that fifty billion dollar deal that they signed with Sony to get rights to the music. You know, now with YouTube Shorts, how is it going to affect, you know, the artist aspect on these platforms, right? Uh, yeah, I I still don't really understand. Like, like, could you na- think of an example that it would affect? So if I use a, if I use um, a clip that has a song in the background for uh, you know, let's say with with an artist, mm-hmm. do they have exclusive rights with TikTok? You can't do and that on that, YouTube. And th- does yeah. that change with YouTube Shorts now? Like That's why it? YouTube sucks so much uh, for for Shorts because you can't. You, I'm sure they've got like a little bit of a library or whatever, but that you can't you can't do that with with YouTube. That you'll, you'll get taken down in a heartbeat. That's what I'm saying. I'm just curious as to how it's going to work out for artists. Is there a way we can look that up? Probably like TikTok not TikTok stuff good versus YouTube shorts on, on the artist front. I think YouTube, I think YouTube shorts are like, um, 
they're almost like precursors to videos on YouTube, really. I mean, they're not, I don't think they're the exact same as your TikTok videos. They're definitely not. It's like they're almost like precursors to like a YouTube channel and like almost like an advertisement. You can That's think of it that way. kind of how they want to operate. But the problem is, is that people aren't consuming because reels and Insta and TikTok don't work that way. Sure. So people aren't consuming the shorts in that fashion. That's what, that's what YouTube wants it to do, but they're not seeing the conversion rates to subscriptions on, on their platform. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to figure out how, how they compete. And the only way they can figure out how to compete is to offer more money per like, like on the views. Just buy TikTok. Like, duh, that's the end of it. Google's <laughs> got enough money. Um, Seriously, and like, it, but I, but I'm so, I'm so sick now of how everything, like, TikTok just took off, and so every social media platform is like, that's it now. Every single thing on t Instagram is. I don't know, bro. Like, it's not them; it's a consumer that's changing it. It's the consumer, but like TikTok, man, I, I can't. I like it. It's cool a little bit, but it's like, I don't get addicted to it. It's always like something like, it's almost like Instagram too. Like. <laughs> I was sitting down with the... Which one's better for artists, for musicians? Is that question on there? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you, you off. Good. No, I was sitting down with a friend, and I was like, um, the same guy that had the harmony, he's like, man, I had to delete Instagram. I'm like, why? I don't know, man. It was like it was targeting me. Like, it was like projecting my insecurities back onto me. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. So it's like, I guess TikTok, he's like, yeah, TikTok is like, some, some people felt that way about TikTok. It's like, because they... There's some, it's like Twitter, dude. I don't have Twitter. I think Twitter's yeah, I don't like think Twitter the devil. At all. It's yeah. like people put their opinions on there and enough people like it and they think that's like validation and like what they're saying is totally. like some real shit. It's some hot shit. And that ain't it. Like you just said the dumbest shit still, yeah, but, but like a bunch of dummies liked your shit. Right. And it's kind of the same thing a little bit with TikTok. Like people put their, which is fine, put their opinions on there and it's, it's cool. But then it's like, sometimes it's cool. Sometimes there's some nifty stuff on there, but other times it's like, and I just I just sat through a minute, two minute, three minute long video, and I can't get that time back. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I just like I like Twitter a lot. It's only be, the only reason why it's good is because of the super famous people all have it, and then they'll put like their little blurbs or I'm sorry, with the tweets as they the call tweets. them. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm not really on Twitter. I've never <laughs> Twitter. I, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Oh jeez. Where do you guys stand on the uh, the Truth <laughs> platform? Are you guys what's that? Truth? Hell yeah, Truth. Donald Trump's uh, new, fearless uh, leader, yeah. oh, platform. our actual president. He's doing a lot of retruthing these days. Retruthing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so what does it say? Um, it's. I think it's so early. It's hard to like. There's a lot of people not really, not really able to like pick which one's better yet per se for the artist. But uh, according just to this, you know, Forbes list, it looks like the YouTubers. Conventional YouTubers are taking the uh, yeah they got way more taking the money home so. yeah of course totally yeah 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 they so, are I mean they got they got to be that's yeah. that's you can make it you can make a living off I want to know who's got who has more users like it's got, TikTok has more users are right you now sure yeah as far as far as the shorts go now it's, no no I, yeah like YouTube period I know that they're trying uh -oh. to add something to their platform but YouTube's got way YouTube's more TikTok, got more yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. I I'm just like everybody uses YouTube and the, the whole point of uh, YouTube, in my opinion, is it's like it's so educational. TikTok has, you could say that there is educational there stuff is educational in it. Purpose there is, there, yeah. sure. but there's fluff, a lot of fluff. Yeah. yeah, well, it caters very much to how interactive you are with it. So depending on what you're looking at, of what course. you're, so it will show you things based on that. Now, if you, you want to be educational, you, you can, can, and you can look up hashtags and stuff like that. But you can't look up how to 
change uh, uh, your oil on a 2003 Ford Expedition on no, TikTok. No, YouTube is better. That's for that. what YouTube's yeah. so great at. The problem. Just keep YouTube the same. Quit trying to mess with stuff. Well, I think it's gonna come down to like we talked about GUI a couple weeks ago with Jack Mock. And yeah. It's gonna be like if YouTube knocks it out of the park. Exactly. That's the only that's way. That's gonna take over. But like right now, it's you know. It's basically this whole pros and cons thing is like what you're saying. You know, like more people are on TikTok, but you can make more money on YouTube. So it Just would a, be the better choice another, as long as it's friendly to be on Another YouTube. fucking social media thing that I've got to like take care of now and then just like, okay, I guess we're doing it every single one. It's just going to be like all the streaming platforms. There's going to be a hundred different social media platforms and you got to do all of them. It's great. It's just a weird thing. I love this generation. It's amazing. It's a weird thing. I'm curious to how it's going to affect musicians overall so because just of like the... The partnership deals that TikTok has worked out, and how they're and like how YouTube is going to pivot or like adjust to that on the shorts side of it. You know what I mean? And like, will like maybe it's more advantageous for a content creator to be on on YouTube Shorts for the purpose of making more money. However, if TikTok gives you more creative licensing, then it might be worth to take the hit on. Uh, on on the money side, just so you have more creative freedom. I think, yeah. Oh. I mean, there's certain artists like what's her name, Bella Porch or whatever her mm -hmm. name is. Uh, uh, she's this chick who used to just do videos on TikTok, and now she she could actually sing, and she played like ukulele and maybe some guitar, um, and she's got songs out now. You know, she's she's on like you know, uh, I've seen like one of these uh, videos where they had like an all star like commercial where they had like uh, Diplo and fucking her and Meg the Style and they're like waiting in line for the bathroom or something while they was like waiting on him to get out there. It was, it was crazy shit. But like to see like, you know, that person shift from that. And then she actually does have talent. Um, but I think it's um, whatever. And then I guess like the, what the, Charlie and Dixie, what's up their last names? The 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 Demelio or whatever, the two TikTok things. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah. got like they've done I mean, it's the same thing. Okay, here's the thing. There are people that actually have talent, but then there's people who get on YouTube or TikTok and then they they get famous for doing a little dance, right? Or doing a little whatever, then they got a a song out. And right. it's like, okay, and it's not it's not great or it might be great, but it's like you know they're not musically inclined. It's just something they can do so they do it you know? right um but there is an opportunity to where people who are doing it and that are trying to do their thing and get this stuff out it does work that way totally and that's another thing i'm curious about is like okay the money might be on youtube but is the opportunity on tiktok right because a lot of the brand partnerships that are happening and a lot of like the deals like they're getting struck with yeah, artists chris, on chris YouTube. I'll look up the most popular tiktok guy and the deal that he just got it's, it's insane it's I don't insane want, yeah you know what i'm talking about uh, I, no but I, I was reading a little bit about some of the people that have gotten crazy deals on tiktok and what i'm curious about is like if youtube if the same opportunity exists on youtube again they might pay you more on the ad revenue side however if the ads aren't on shorts then are you getting any revenue at all? And is the opportunity the same because there's not as many people on the shorts platform as there are on the TikTok platform? I just don't understand, uh, like, just logistically how they're going to get ads onto your uh, YouTube TikTok. shorts. Uh, I think I think that's that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, can you sort of show a picture of him? Yeah, that guy. Oh, the dude did like yeah, he just like something random and come then on, just, you know, come on. But look, the deal that he just got was uh, ridiculous just a little while ago. I don't know if that's the the right article. It, I I saw it today, but it, that might be it. It might be something else. But yeah, he's just he's getting. Uh, there's some company that's paying him, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a TikTok post. 
That's, that's wild. So ridiculous. They do the same thing on Instagram, though, also. I know. Like, I just think it's insane, though, like and, all that money. Yeah, and, and will that opportunity would that opportunity have it afforded itself on YouTube shorts? Because there's not as many viewers on there, right? So then Probably the brand not. is like, well, we're not going to pay you seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a post on shorts. You might get fifty. You may get. You might get forty five percent of the ad revenue yeah, of what ads, yeah. right? right? But like, there's more eyes on TikTok. So even though TikTok doesn't pay you the same per ad, it still pay. It still so pays it's going to be like it's going to be like ad, so after you go through a YouTube short, the next thing is going to be an ad, and you get the money off of that ad. I don't know. Or is it during your TikTok and they split it up halfway between your your YouTube short. Like you get to watch half of a YouTube short and then a twenty second ad and then they're the still rest trying of to it. figure that out. That's a you can't do it. it yeah, uh, get out of here, YouTube shorts. So I don't know. I don't know. There TikTok. you go. Yeah, I was right. I don't know how yeah. to say his name, but that guy's hilarious. Kyle Good for you. Lane. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm curious as how it translates to the music world. You know, I as it stands right now, I still think TikTok is probably the better uh, yeah. platform for artists just in terms of the deals that you can strike from the, the notoriety on TikTok. The thing about it is that it may not. Like, YouTube has got put on some artists, but not, like, crazy. I mean, Justin Bieber got... Sure, but that's that's back in the, you know... That was, like, 10 years the ago. Hot, sure. the, the hot streak, and the thing about it is, like, yeah, I, that, that, that time, you know, you know why that And they farmed it, too. Right. Totally. But now it's like... In the last ten years, I don't think I've seen a major artist come from YouTube or TikTok. Well, what was that chick who got shot out front of the the social oh, in Orlando? That chick, yeah, okay, the the British chick, right? Well, what was her name? Christina Grimmie. Yeah, she, yeah, her, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so there's still artists blowing up on on YouTube, but the, the argument isn't about YouTube versus TikTok. It's about shorts versus TikTok. Shorts versus right, right. right. So. I don't. But what you're saying in the, but in the grand scheme of things, what it means for the music, and right, right. I, I think like, I really don't think it's gonna put too big of a dent in it. Like we've we've seen some artists come up like the Bella Porch chick, but the same thing is like I don't know any of her songs, and I again I'm not the world's leading authority on what's what's uh you know what's popping in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, not all the time. <laughs> well, you know? What the kids De- are depending, saying. Depending on what you okay. Depending on what you depending on the day and depending on the artist. Yeah, but like. Not from any of you know the t- circling circulating that you know. So it's like major artists or like this is the next big thing. But an artist on, I don't know if it's going to be that. Um, it could be, could surprise us because TikTok is still fairly new. Yeah, it's very it's new. Still yeah. fairly coming into its own, and they're still trying to figure out like like even their current monetizing system. Like TikTok is in agreement that it's not working because even in the, in the last year they've noticed uh, a huge drop in how they're paying out their content creators. So a year ago where you could, because it's, again, it's a pool that they're basically dis- that they're kind of distributing amongst all their creators. Like they've noticed that it's now like a year ago you could make a living, but, but now you can't because oh. of, because it's a set amount being distributed amongst more people. Right. That's what they'll do is just jump from one. What, what even do you call TikTok really? Like it's a it's a social media platform, but really it's just like just constant stream of videos. It's got to be something else. It's just a content creation creating platform. Yeah, but like there needs to be like a term for it. A There's content got, creating platform. Every every platform is a content creating. No, no, platform. but this is specifically about meant like, for content creators though, versus okay. Instagram or. or no, like, I don't think I just don't think you're understanding what I'm trying to say. Like the the like the style of it like versus like instagram or anything yeah like it's that. just like that stream because there's social media which is 
very broad term, which is like I think of Facebook and you're posting stuff and you're posting around your friends and everything like that. But like TikTok is just like you open it and then it just it goes like that. Yeah, that article had a had it's a, like term a fucking for weed it. eater. <laughs> Do you see it, Chris? Uh, I'll look for it real quick. Yeah, that article had a term for it. It was just like it's just like the actual like yeah. GUI, I guess it's called. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that makes it so addictive or whatever because yeah. there's no end to it. And, and most 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 social media programs are like that. Or but, anyways. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win this one out. I don't know. I mean, YouTube is a, is a is a monolith. I mean, it's like the Google's the biggest corporation in the who world. Who owns TikTok? Like, and it's just China owns it? No, it's the company. I mean, they <laughs> more or less, yeah, but there's a company I forget the, that that article also mentions a company that's called uh, and they call it that that paltry thing that we, that we were talking about earlier. Paltry. That's that's not the company that, that that's the the pool that they that they oh. have for uh uh, like the funds, it's a billion or whatever it was, you know. It was a billion dollars. What is yeah, it? Uh, TikToks was a billion and YouTube's was thirty billion. Yeah, but 30 again, billion. and the, and the way that it, the way that it disperses again, like like you, uh, TikTok is a collective uh, uh, pool that they equally disperse amongst their creators versus YouTube, which pays you based on your ad revenue per. Uh, so much money. Thing. Lots of money for dances. Um, either way, we don't think it's the, like 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 the GUI is not like the name of that's, that's not necessarily that. It but it's just crazy. Yeah, what we've evolved to. Yeah, but yeah. So I don't know. I I'm don't not know. really saying it's good or bad. It's just like, did anybody predict this shit? Like in the '70s or whatever. I don't know. Are we I'm supposed to be exploring space at some point in time? Is that still happening? <laughs> Totally, Elon Musk. Whatever. I sound like old man this right is now. 1984. What are you yeah. talking about? I'm just right saying. I love. I love TikTok. It's like and everything. the book. This is we're talking about the book 1984. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we supposed to be doing all this? To, like, I'm <laughs> the funniest shit I've ever seen in my entire life is on TikTok. And I, that's all we do. Just go back and we just send TikToks to each other all day. And it's just like it's like Dude, holy, it, people, like I found something funnier than this, man. There's people that send me stuff on TikTok. I don't see it for like three days. I'm like, I'm not opening TikTok. Today. That shit's so fun. But there was like that that one that I sent you earlier, where it's just like. It's this chick walks oh out with God, the baby, so yeah. you, and he's like drops it in the guy's lap. It was just like you left that in me. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, all right. So, anyways, uh, unpopular opinions. Yeah. Fucking do it. Well, mine. I, you literally. We talked about it already in the podcast. So I guess I had to throw it away. Hey, you can do that if you want. No, I already said it out loud. I've got another one that we can do. Okay. But the the first one I was gonna say is that uh, grunge music and Eddie Vedder and and fuck and like I didn't even yeah, yeah. I didn't even consider Michael McDonald, but 100. percent Yeah, that's bro. fucking that's just mumble rap of the 90s. What's bro, up of yeah. the of the 80s? Like bro, 80s, you, 90s, whatever. Bro, if you tell me again, if you tell me you know the words to a Michael McDonald there song, you go. bro, you I don't want like bro, I don't trust you around my kids, bro. Yeah. I don't even have kids. It's yeah. like I would never like you. You the special kind of liar, bro. You the type yeah. like you could. A polygraph. I don't want you around me, man. That's let's get let's get real. Anybody like a super famous song like uh, uh what's the name of um uh oh my god smells like Teen Spirit Nirvana right? Yeah. Kurt Cobain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm just saying <laughs> that song that song you hear for the very first time. And lucky you, you get to hear for the very first time. You write down all the lyrics. Go ahead, write them down. Without without knowing okay, what they okay. are, okay, okay. I, I will say this. Okay, there are like coherent. That's an easy one. There are coherent grunge songs. I'm not even gonna say. I'm yeah, sure. Gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Totally. There are coherent grunge songs. I was talking about. I'm not even talking about grunge. I'm talking about like even like other stuff. Eddie Vedder says it's fine. Just that second verse in Yellow Lead Better is like, yeah. what the fuck is going He's not on? Really saying and, anything. And then like again, uh, Michael McDonald is like, don't tell me you know what he's saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Don't tell me you know what he's saying. I'm trying to think of another guy. 
Sometimes Bob Dylan. It depends on what he like. Um, Billy Corgan from uh, uh, Smash Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Yeah, that song, um, um, "To Fall in Love," beautiful song by Bob Dylan. But like, all you know is like, yeah. "To fall in love, to fall in love," you know, "To fall in love with you." That's all you know. I don't know anything else like what he's talking about. Okay, oh. here's what I'll say: is that there that at least in those genres, <laughs> who he's alluded to was the fact that there's some songs or most of the songs where you can pick out the words in and also even in most of the songs that where you can't pick the words out there's at least a verse or a chorus where you can i don't know what the fuck is being said in mumble rap just just give me one word you know okay like all right, all right, now, now this is my this it's is my turn to like, okay, okay, okay. give me one word so you got you got okay so you got like young thug and like what you got um playboy cardi right you got <laughs> you got certain songs like where yeah yeah it's uh, that's not english but there's other songs where it's like you know Missy uh, Elliott did stuff in reverse, and that's crazy. That's that's cool, how am I supposed that's... to know? How am I supposed to know what she's saying? Yeah, but that's not the same thing. She was actually pretty like she was articulate. Whatever. But like, okay, like, <laughs> the, the, be the, like the only Missy Elliott like the, hater. Like whatever. Yeah. Over, yeah. The thing <laughs> speaks in reverse, man. The thing can't stand that shit. The thing about gonna sink, sink forward. All right. <laughs> she did that, bro. That was crazy. That she did I it know. In it's though. fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> The young thug, like I remember the, the the old meme was what? Like when he would be, I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner. That's all you knew, right? Yeah. And that's true. And like there's a song I really love by Young Thug Young Thug called Family Don't Matter. I know about like I wanna say fifty-five percent of those lyrics. That's those are good numbers. That's that. decent that's numbers for yeah. Thug, right? Yeah. Okay. But then again, like you got to think like there's certain when you get used to listening to it and like when you talk about the lingo, like because I don't know, you guys might be in the lingo. I don't know if y'all in the streets or not. I don't know what y'all are doing. No. But it's like, night, bro. It's <laughs> <laughs> so when you talk about when you talk about the lingo, like you get what some of the stuff they're saying is. Right. So like they knew like when slime language came out, first of all, I was like, OK, I'm going to listen to this record. And I loved slime it. Slime language. Slime language, y'all got to listen to it. Okay. Um, I loved it. It's got that song Ski on it. Ski. No. I don't know. Not quite, but you know. Big fan. A for effort. Big fan. A, A, for, A for effort. So it's got that song Ski on it. It's got Liddy with uh, with uh, uh, the baby. It's got like, um, no surprise, it's got Don Tolliver. And it's like... Some of the stuff is like, again, you get the lingo with what they're talking about. But sometimes, you know, it's fucked up about mumble rap. Sometimes you fuck around and you like hear exactly what they're talking about. And it's like, what the fuck? Like there was a song called um, Nothing For Free by Gunna. And there's a song. I mean, that's not a song. It's a lyric where he goes, pull out my dick and I piss on her. And then like you fuck around and hear that. And it's like. Ah, <laughs> you know, and it's like that's a little oh, that's crazy. Prolific, yeah, that's, no, that's a little it. crazy, right? It's yeah. like, wait, and it's but it, they say it's rumble rap fast, whatever. Yeah, but it's like things like that, and I don't even know why. Like, it's it, the more you listen to it, like I said, sometimes the more you listen to it. But if you already know the lingo, you catch it. You know, you know what else, and, and I understand that because when when I was in high school listening to hip hop, and I'd show my dad stuff. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, yeah, right? right. And, and I and I and I get like that perspective like now. However, um, if I just spent most of my days um, comparing dumps that my friends took, right? Just like what? Just taking dumps in toilets, okay? Okay. And Me. just like looked at them, and it was like, you know. After a while, I could start to appreciate the shapes that were coming well, out, no, no. Okay, and, could, okay, and the smells 
that you know, just a difference in like how, fuck, you know man. what I mean? Like, like that's, that's what I'm saying. Weird it's weird analogy. Like, no, it's not because because at a certain point, like like when we're comparing things to each other, well, let's in the not, context let's, of each other, let's not. Right, that's fine. Yeah. But like, when we're talking about like you know how can most deaf exist? And then we're talking about some of these other new guys coming out in, the, in that community, say, talking about how they're the greatest. But just most deaf just exists still, right? <laughs> well, so most, deaf, like, most deaf had a luke. We're not even gonna get in how lucrative and strange his career was to the point where he quit rapping. Um, yeah, but it's like we don't want to say like we don't want to compare mumble rap to shit because it's like again, it's like my dad said this shit too, and some people will be like, I don't agree, but kind of get what he's saying where he's like look man there's bar rappers rappers that rap straight bars right and there's rappers that do the mumble rap and sometimes like that mumble rap if you if you if you doing that shit with feeling i feel that you know i feel that shit to my soul more than fucking bars sometimes and again i see look i see no look. no no i just that's my that's my mumble rap name meaningful mumble no, I, I see i see <laughs> <laughs> i see the looks I see what y'all are thinking, but it's like again, it it's all about it's subjective. I get it, it. It is subjective, but yeah. it's like again, I could show you some songs that are quote unquote mumble rap that bang, and the honest truth is sometimes we don't know what people are saying in songs at times. That doesn't mean it's not good. Like the production on some, like I said, slime language. I love the record. I'm not. So let me just let me just clarify. I am in no means talking about the production. And what the producers do. No, 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 they, no, no. I know they that. Crush what they do. No, no, no. I mean, as far I'm saying everything as a whole. Like, I am a young thug fan. Mm -hmm. You know, I do like young thug. I do like um pretty much everybody that's out now. Like Playboy Cardi, yeah, a whole lot of red with some bullshit. I you know, because he had everybody wait like two years for that fucking record and then stopped talking to Iggy Azalea, which is his baby mama, and all that shit, and neglected his son. You did all that and the, the, the record wasn't shit. It's like, all right, man, like get it together. But at least put together a coherent sentence if you're gonna put like well, abandon okay, your okay. son. And, and again, <laughs> I see I, I see like again, I, I've had this it's, it's like what I was talking about earlier with like different groups, right? Because yeah. you can't explain some things to jazz musicians, or you can't explain some things to rock musicians, and you can't explain some things to hip-hop guys, right? Or guys that like rap or whatever. But it's like, again, it's a cultural thing. And if, like, you're not down with the lingo, if you're not down with what they're talking about, if you're not down with the image, if you're not even from where they're from, then you kind of do miss it. Totally. Right? I, yeah, I, I understand Cause, that. Because the vibe of the songs are... Hard, so they're like just they're, speaking a different language then. I just have to just I yield to that. <laughs> Colloquial, right. Colloquialism, it, it, it's, if you will. It's, it's one th well, it's one thing if we're like shrouding, you know, concepts, you know, right. if, if we're using existing words or concepts to describe a completely different concept, right? Yeah. That's one thing, right? But I don't like their mouths are, are forming different shapes and like different words that don't exist in the language. Well, okay, I'll say I'll say this. Have you ever listened to a Young Thug song before? Uh, it's quite possible. I don't know most of the artists in that genre by name, okay. but I'm sure that I have. And, and Who did that Panda song? That uh, that was a uh, designer. Top five worst songs. I ever can like, that that song was hard, man. Uh, I don't know. Like, I literally want to like when I hear that song, <laughs> oh, man. I want to take a gun and shoot myself in the face. Oh wow. come on now. You, you sound like a purist now. You sound, you sound like what a they should do. I think that I'm they not should not without flaws. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? It's like okay, perfect example. When that song came out, we used to clown him because like, yeah, you couldn't understand a lot of what he was saying. But he acted like a fool because we used to be like, Man, no wonder he sound like that. He got like forty two extra teeth in his damn mouth or whatever. <laughs> like it was shit like that. 
And then you, we used to clown him. He's like, he kind of sounded like Future. That was the controversial thing, that he sounded like Future. And then I saw this YouTube, this little video. This guy's like, man, you know what? We arguing about designer and Future being the same or designer copying Future. You know what they should do? They should start a group. Because the only thing better than one Future is two Futures. Oh, man. So, <laughs> like, that sounds wild. And it's like, you know, again, that was like designer didn't really do much after that. Because it's like, it but here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Um, what's that thing he did? Like that Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner. He be wishing for a brother. Like he says like African words in that. Okay. Think about well, that, that. That's you know what? Then then that's an oversight on my part. If they're speaking a different language, I will yield to that. That right? that's what you have to understand. It's like, and I grew up again. Grew up in a house where a bilingual household or a bilingual sort of you know circle mm-hmm. as far as blood or not where my father was my father taught you know taught me spanish he was te- and he my little sister speaks like five different languages she's like six you know my my dad was on it when i tell you he knows everything like my dad speaks spanish arabic portuguese uh his mom taught him swahili because they believed that that was the language that was going to unite Africa at the time. It ended up not being it. He's, uh, you know, um, uh, he speaks Haitian quail because, like, we also have Haitian blood. So the Haitian quail is a big. I have songs in French and Haitian quail as well, and as well as Spanish, right? And when you understand like dialects and things like that, and I'm not trying to get so deep into okay, I know different languages, so I understand mumble rap. That's not what I'm getting at. Yeah, it would be a pretty. It would be a pretty. What uh, I'm what I'm getting at is when you spot certain things because I, designer is like I think he is of like direct African descent or whatnot. It's 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 like what like when you hear. A lot of like the dance hall stuff coming out, and you're aware that like, oh yeah, man, patois and all that patois stuff. Patois right? is a, that's a hundred percent, and and I and like which is why I was able to get into that kind of stuff because I was like, okay, well, this is like aggressive, and I don't know what they're saying, but they're also using a totally different dialect. It is a totally different right? dialect, right? So, so that's something I could wrap my head around it and kind of grant it like a little bit more because it was like I don't get this culture totally, and I know that I don't understand the dialect, so so that's fine. Okay, with this kind of stuff though, I'm just like I, if we're talking about like you need to be. Multi, like, like bilingual or multilingual to to fully appreciate no, no, again, mumble that's not, rap. That's not that would be quite a stretch. No, no, that's a, like. that's definitely a stretch. Okay, it's like this. I'll talk to you. Like, let's let's talk about lingo, though, right? Let's yeah. talk about lingo. No, I'm with that. So 100%. if I so if I say so if I come up to you, and I'm like, um, I go, uh, I say you ask me what I'm doing, right? You asked me what I'd done today, right? Remember, I'm ten years older than you, so grant me a little bit of stuff on the on the on the modern. Well, okay, I like that. So I'm gonna keep it like. Let's say you asked me what I did today, right? Mm -hmm. And I go, I got some magazines from the bookstore. What do you think that means? I know that it means something totally different than what I think it does. (laughs) It means he had a trip to Barnes and Noble. (laughs) Yeah, take it, take it, just take a guess. Got some magazines from the bookstore. Yeah, you jerked it. No. No, I don't I, know. I have no idea. Like, do, 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 does it just mean getting magazines from the bookstore? No, of course not. Is there like something like with uh, guns involved? Okay, so you got magazines for a gun. I went. I went shooting. I went. I went shoot. I went shooting. Or okay. I went, I went and got magazines from the bookstore. I went and got. I went and picked up. Or I picked up a burner. Yeah. Okay, I made you got a, a cup gun. of noodles. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I understand. What pick, okay. Okay. But the, or I or I or I um. <laughs> cup of noodles. Okay. Yeah. Ma? No, he was he was saying something totally different. He's being know. funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I oh I, oh, I picked the oh I go uh 
You know, I was, I'm trying to put you onto the drip. I'd like yeah. for you to you know come antiquing like, with me on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. what? what? I said I'd like for your family to come antiquing with me on the weekend. Put you onto the drip. That's what you think that means. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's his guess. Yeah. No, like the drip, just just like 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 you want to like like make me hip to something. Like, I'm trying to put you onto the style. I'm trying to put you on the clothes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm trying to put you on drip. Yeah, yeah. I understand. You know. So the, I I understand all that. Again, like right. like. The, trip, the, trip, the, trip. The, yeah. the lingo is slightly different when I was in high school and like when I was a little bit younger in the hip hop stuff. So like mm. I understand all that. Mm. I'm just saying that. But that's what they. But the, the, my thing is, is that it's a little bit faster. But that's what they be saying in the songs. Oh, okay. It's like that. That's the that's the lingo. They're so not you, fully forming the words. Yeah. Well, not even not even fully forming what they'll say it like they say it and they say it and it's like it's quick. Yeah. You know. But it, and it's like it's over with. There's some people in Atlanta too. You gotta understand. This is where Atlanta's coming. This is at the the hub for this is Atlanta. Yeah, people from Atlanta talk like that. Yeah, believe totally. it or not. No, I, 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 you know, I get all that stuff. They're, and, they're literally like, you know, I was trying to, you know, and there was a video where they be, like, I can't understand. There was a video like, I can't understand nothing this chick is saying, right? And we like, I, everybody's like, we, some people are like, we understand what she was saying perfectly because she was like, yeah, no, I was trying to take y'all to mall, dude, whatever, and trying, you know, trying to put y'all into the drip, you know, what I'm saying da 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 da, and then they was like, I don't know what she said. I was like, I. I got it perfectly. Yeah. I'm not even from Atlanta. Yeah. But it's just like the lingo where it's like not even fully forming. What it comes across to your ear is not doing that, but it's like they're fully forming everything. It's like them going, oh, da-da-da-da. All right, you know, da-da-da. And it's, it's like that. It's like a, a way of talking to where it's like, okay, this and, and it's for everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? I understand. So like, and it's not all lingo. They'll say stuff you perfect English. Like, yeah, got that. And then they go back to saying how they talk. After, after this, because the, the concept that you're talking about, I'm fully, and this is a thing that Billy and I get in conversations about all the time yeah. and why he doesn't like fully, uh, sometimes like there's things about hip hop where he doesn't fully grasp it or does, doesn't understand why it is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm making the same case that you're making to me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're done here, I would love for you to show me. Sure. Because uh, uh, I'm totally open to it. If I'm wrong about it, I will own that. Mm-hmm. I just I'm not hearing the same concept. Being- it's like yeah. It's like if I say I had to do I had to do whatever I had to get do the buck fifty. What do you think that means? I don't know what that means at all. That buck was not fi- a saying. So buck fifty younger. means a couple of things, but buck fifty means like you had to slash somebody in the face. Like okay. it's like you know it's it's I don't mean to go to immediate violent shit like i said the magazines and the buffy but that's all i i guess that's all i know off the top of my head no because it, it, it could be the same thing when, when i was in high school and and like whatever like terminology was being used to describe things back then right like hit a lick you know what i mean that's yeah yeah or, or you ain't hit no i can't i can't trust you with no lick if you ain't robbed nobody like yeah. uh, uh t grizzly said yeah oh you know um yeah that that's that's what it is totally. that's still a thing i get i i I get all that, or, or, or you're, you're you're a mark, you know, you're a walking mark, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or you're a walking lick, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's things that, that that I'm very, very, I understand how the whole thing works. Easy right? lick, yeah, yeah. There, there's just a, there's just a lot of shit. That, that it's just what I'm hearing now is not is not a um, a reappropriation of words. Mm-hmm. It's just a lack of saying words. And and but you also have to understand also the rhythmic part in it. Right. Like it's like you're trying to match the beat. Right. Like uh, like like that song, um, you know, Mask Off, where it's like Percocet. Molly Perkins. I literally hate that song. Hate. You like that song? I like that song. No, and 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 the Brazilian Atlanta song too. Those songs are great. I'm dead serious. I have a bit of a of a personal beef with that song because somebody told me to. uh, Somebody told the bartender to uh, stop me from playing and dock my pay just so they could put that song on the jukebox, right? 
Uh, so a okay. bit of a personal beef. So I did, also, didn't mean to bring, no, mean no, no, to bring no, up. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fair because it is. But like at the same time, when I heard that song come on, it was like you could have put on at least words that people. I don't know what, the, what they're. I'm just hearing Oxycontin. That's all I'm hearing. What is the rest of the song? Like, what are they saying? There's nothing. There's like there's no words being said. That I, I actually get. Yeah, I know that song is actually pretty coherent for future. Okay. It, it's, it's, where you're gonna show me? We got we got to move on to the next unpopular opinion. You're gonna. I want you to show me some stuff when we're done I here. Because if you, I, I'm totally open to changing my mind. Well, like we were talking about flow too. It's a culmination of things that make that music. I all, all that, all of it. I'm so about. All of those concepts. Yeah. And I'm, and, and this is my thing. This is what I do as a musician. Like anything, because I jump around in so many genres, anything nobody wants to get into, I'm like, bro, let's get into it. Cause you ain't heard this. Please get into you, you know, please what I'm get me into it. I, I want, I want to be into all of it. Okay. <laughs> I can say that. Bro, I'm all telling right. you, shit bangs. It bangs. It bangs. Another, it another uh, thing the young kids are saying. Okay. So <laughs> no, no cap, bro. No cap, bro. It bangs. No, no, caps. no cap. Okay. Okay. I got a love hate relationship with no cap because here's the thing. No caps. People no will say caps. no cap. We're not in Atlanta. We used to say that here like in seventh grade. That shit died. I don't know why people brought that shit back, but it's mostly like, okay, and it's not even like, it's mostly like people who are trying to like act like they're part of that part of the culture. And yeah, people who like aren't even fucking... black, they'll go like, yeah, man, no cap. It's yeah. like, yeah. we stopped facts. saying that here a long time ago. I, I, facts, facts is my favorite one. one. Facts, facts is straight. Facts is straight. Because that's, that's, that's the, and then here's the thing. So the kids still saying straight? Because I used to say straight. Straight, but I was straight, like, straight, well, straight is fine. Straight, okay. Facts is straight, but it's like, there's a direct lineage between here and New York. At New York is here, Florida's up there. Yeah. So it's like we can do that. We can take the lingo. Like I know somebody who just moved from New York, and I get everything. Now, yeah, I got family in New York and everything, but it's like New York and Jacksonville, New York and Florida, like this. Because everybody who wants to go, you know, wants to retire from New York, they move where? I'll take you to New York. I like come, bus- come to Miami. I'll take you to New York. I like busting <laughs> a lot. I, that's my favorite one. I think. Mm-hmm. Bussin. But like bussin. Like this garlic bread. That shit bussin. Speaking, bussin, speaking of Italian food, um, American cheese is hot garbage. Uh, American cheese has its place for sure. No, it doesn't. It, but it, yeah, it you belongs. Can't, you can't put it nowhere on a grilled cheese sandwich. No, here, here's the no, thing. Use no. good cheese on a grilled cheese. Are you fucking kidding? Just Just literally anything. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm okay. Like that's Amer- my unpopular opinion. American cheese is straight. It's Swiss that I can't get into. Swiss is great too. You know what? The thing, at least Swiss cheese is like a cheese. I don't know what American American cheese is like plastic that's just painted yellow. These colors and don't they try run, and bro. sell you as cheese. That's American. American cheese is an abomination to cheese. American cheese, you think so? Uh, I mean, it's it's not. Food. It's not great. It's not, not great. It's not sure. food. <laughs> it's not food. It's not food. It 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 tastes like if you just took a crayon <laughs> and then a like what? coated. I it know, right? He says it's so a weird. Crayon. He says it like How do you say crayon? Crayon? Crayon or crayon? Oh, crayon. You guys are fucking crazy. What the the fuck? No! Crayon. Wait, wait, wait. We just did. We not have a discussion about, we were talking about key signatures like, oh, white. You say crayon? Crayon. 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 How do you say it, Chelsea? Crayon. That's so weird. What? It's a North Cuban thing. North Cuban thing, yeah. I've never heard a a Cubano go crayon. Because uh, they don't even know how to say they it. They don't know how to say it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Tryon. You come right. to this country. Tryon. You buy right. a box they of crayons. They put a G at the end of it. <laughs> right. I don't know where, like, where, 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 like, it's a, like, like, they put a G at the end of it. Crayon. 
Yeah, crayon. Well, it's like it's like it, it falls off. It's like that's my favorite. Like language. with like Dominican Spanish, it's like your B's or V's and everything. Like we yeah, say, Dominicans are hardcore with that. Bro, it's like por favor. Like you would say por favor. Like we say it like with the L, like por favor. But you wouldn't you know, like it's not Whoa. the L's or the R's. But you right. wouldn't know that. Like it's how fast we talk. Yeah, like, por favor or um, you know. Uh, Lambon or like the way we do certain things. Esperando, like we take the S out of things. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like you say esperando, like I'm waiting. Aquí esperando, here I am waiting. But no, it's aquí esperando, like how, you. How you do know. you say? How, how do you say? Um, I don't want to. No quiero. No, no. Sorry. Like, uh, like, uh, I don't, or I don't like that. Like I don't like that. Uh, it depends. So if it's, no me gusta. Everybody say, knows. Say, say. All right. So, so like, no, no me da la gana. No, no, no me da la gana. Oh, yo sé cosas like, it's like, yo lo hago lo que me da la gana. Like, I do whatever I want. Yeah. I don't like, no me da la gana. Yeah. Or it's like. But uh, how, how do you say that phrase in particular? In particular? I just be like. Uh, no me da la gana. Like, you pronounce it, like, you enunciate the, the letters, right? You just like curse if you don't like something. You're like mama huevo. Like you just like ah nah <laughs> no, nah. No no. Nah. But, but but like but like when you say no me da, no me da la gana, how do you say that phrase? No me da la gana. Yeah you yeah you said that right there. Yeah right? no me da la gana. Like no me da like just like it's a fast like no like same thing like bad bunny saying yo hago lo que me da la gana. Like I do whatever I want or like yeah no me da la gana. I'm not into that or like, or like you know. but like but like Hialeah like Cubans and Hialeah no me da la gana. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, not, like there's no pronunciation. No, like, of the like, word. Well, okay, no, 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 no. I I'm a little bit more articulate of a Dominican, so it's like you're Americanized. Don't take what I say, you know, versus like how my dad talks yeah. or how my <laughs> people talk. Like, yeah, don't, don't, don't. You know, me, I'm a little bit more like because I like to be, you know, I like, to, but no, like, like my uncle, like, like when he gets like my uncle does a Hialeah shit so well. He's like, oye, Gonzalo, oye. It's just yeah, like, no, bro. No. That is gross. No, no, no. Like, no, no. Okay, well, I know, like, we're not, like, it's not about, like, yeah, the way, like, Dominicans talk sometimes, like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's cut off, but the way, like, we do talk, like, we don't say, como estas, we say, como tuta, you know, we put the tuta, or, like, yeah. it's, it's cold, like, tuta frio, or, no, tatu frio, you know, I walked out because a guy I actually uh, uh, work with, he, uh, he's, Cuban and I walked out. I was like, that room is cold. I didn't even say it. I was like, thought too frio. He's like, I know, right? I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck. Why is it cold back here? You yeah. Know? In so uh, like, in Kentucky, we call beanies toboggans. <laughs> <laughs> so the hick English consists of these, you know, yeah. these uh, consonants. A uh, uh, shopping cart is a buggy. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If like you it is that. everywhere else. I'd like to point out. You know? No, yeah. no, that's that's some fighting words. If you go up north. Yeah, well, no. again, so this is what I'm saying is like like Jacksonville. We're all like, different, no, but we're ja all the so same. So Jacksonville is still very southern compared to South Florida, which is much more of a of like a like much a, more southern. Well, geographically like, speaking, first like the Latin influence from from Cuba and South America, but then also the 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 New York influence, which is like every kid that I went to grew up in New York or uh, what? Bro, like, Dominicans in New York. Oh my god! And that's what the, half the population of my school is Dominicans from New York. Or uh, Cubans uh, from Miami, or uh, 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 Venezuelans like right from Venezuela. Venezuela, bro. So. Venez Here's the thing: like <clears throat> the music, I gotta give it to the Cubans. I gotta give it to the Cubanos. Like, and I know we didn't like get to talk about this, but like the Cubanos, like they had the best music for decades. Like I'm talking Celia Cruz. I'm talking Rolando La Serie. I'm talking fucking Tito Puente, man. Tito Puente. Oh yeah. my god. Hell yeah, dude. Tito Puente. Like all those guys. Like the best music. Like. 
Cuban music. Like, the Cubanos, like, they knew. Like, I was on the way here trying to, like, get through traffic. And, like, Arecotina Arecotan came on by Rolando La Serie. And it's like, bro, these guys. And it was culturally what they were doing was pushing forward because all the, cu- all the Cubanos were what? Dark. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of them, yeah. A yeah. lot of them. They were yeah. more, they're more black doctors in Cuba than in Havana than the whole United States. If you think about that, right? It's an easy number to pull off. It is. <laughs> it is. There's a lot. Of, it's a very small. Right. It is. Yeah. But the thing about it is, it's like this. It's like you couldn't deny these people when you obviously know how the colorism game works in these three islands. Yeah. Puerto Rico, Cuba, La República Dominicana, all these places, the, the, the colorism barrier and all these things that go on, it's bad. But the thing about it is, like Puerto Rico, they hide all the... It's in the music industry, okay? What? You got the whole Daddy Yankee versus Tego Calderon thing, right? Now, who was better... Tego Calderon. Like, he was the guy that pushed the forward. He's the father of reggaeton. Puerto Rican reggaeton. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Everybody goes. You hear you hear Nati Natasha or it's like all these guys <laughs> like, yeah, I really think Daddy Yankee, he was like the, the forefront of that. And it's like, uh, nah, he was like the guy, the light-skinned dude yeah, they put, the right look. The yeah. put in, they put in front of somebody that looked like me. Yeah, exactly. But Tego was like, he was... He pushed so many boundaries. The music was better. Somebody was about to bring me up, bring that up to me the other day. It's like, yeah, well, you know, you Puerto Ricans, you know, are you familiar with reggaeton? I'm like, yeah, well, do you know? I was like, I know what you're about to say. Daddy Yankee versus, you know, Tego Calderon. Tego Calderon pushed so many, you know, and he's the guy. Like, if I saw him, I would collapse because it's like the guy pushed so much, you know, and it's like, again, what do you see? Like, what <laughs> this is this meme I got? I'll show you after. Where how Puerto Ricans look with the bangs and like the Cartier glasses, how they look, you know, stuff. That's every cookie cutter Boricua artist you see. Yeah, totally. Except for Bad Bunny. That was him for a second till he like changed his look up, right? <clears throat> but the dark artists, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing about it. I remember the year when Jennifer Lopez, Shakira, and they brought in, they brought out Jay Balvin and even Bad Bunny. My dad called me the next morning. I didn't give a shit about the performance. I was like eating dinner. And I was like, whatever. And I went to bed. My dad called me the next morning. This dude was hot. Like he was so upset. Like he called me like, like shouting in unbelievable octaves. And I'm like, seven in the morning. Like, what, what dad? He's like, so you saw that shit last night? Uh, uh yeah, yeah, I saw it. It's like, you, you know what that shit means for you, right? I was like, no, I don't know. You know I'm, discombobulated from waking the fuck up so early and like yeah no it's like you know you, you used to be your color was accepted now they just said they just want white people oh, they, that's, that's what they just said they want all light skinned white people that's what they want so it's gonna be twice as hard for you you had like Aventura helping you out but now like no they didn't put them in the Super Bowl they got J-Lo they got fucking Bad Bunny they got Shakira they got fucking j Bob. they just said they want white people they don't want you and I'm like yeah. dad is there like you couldn't yell at me like about this like later on in the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but that was he was hot. He was so upset. But the thing about it is, I get his point and how again integrating into the industry. I mean, how bro, that thing works. like, like the 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 thing because the, the 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 Puerto Ricans they're outwardly telling you that because they literally do that. Well, I mean, yeah, like 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 the, like the racism is thick in Latin <laughs> culture. Yeah. Like, and and it's so like you think that that like. It's denied in America. Mm. No, no, no. It's it's oh, it's so people don't get it. It's so flagrantly denied in these in these Latin countries where it's like they're literally referring to black people just by the color of their skin, mm-hmm. and then Maldita it's, Negro. Yeah, 
Kokolo. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Right? And it's just shit like that. And then it's Are like. Are you gonna get canceled? And it's just like. <laughs> Not if I say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. And, and it's just like. And then on top, there's an assumption of a class based on that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so just that. So, oh no, but we accept everybody, but, but you accept everybody in the, in on the terms of their class and the color of their skin, right? Like my well would always say that kind of stuff. I was like, I'm not racist, but but like you know, all of our maids were black. I would drive them home after after uh, after they worked. I was like. Mm -hmm. But then you also make great. I love my well, was was awesome to us, sure. right? Different time different and time. different and totally different country, right? right? So like when she came here, she's like, I just don't understand why they have to all be on television. She like that, you know what I mean, bro? Okay, okay. It's just you know like what's funny. You know what's so funny? My dad. We were in um, Hollywood, Florida, oh. like for my last birthday. That's where I'm from. That's where you from? Yeah. That's a great city. That's where my no, it's lives. not. It's you aren't of South Florida. <laughs> like but, so, 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 so we're there, and my dad is because you get Telemundo for free down there, right? Yeah. Yep. So he's really? down. One of my the, best friends, his dad was the anchor on Telemundo. So yeah. we're sitting cool. there. I'm in the hotel. I'm chilling. For he's sitting free. there flipping. It's just a regular channel. He's sitting there flipping, right? Because we have to pay for it here. <laughs> Right, we have to pay, which is some bull ass shit. Channel fifty one. Right, right. Fucking basic cable, baby. I'm saying, which is garbage. That sucks. <laughs> so, so, so he's flipping through Telemundo, and he's like, "Man, I don't even want to see all this shit. All these people are light. There's not a single dark person yeah. on this shit. Fuck this shit." And I'm like, "Why are you so upset?" But I get it. I get it because that was the culture he grew up in. That was what I wasn't directly exposed to, but I read all the stories. I saw everything. I saw, bro, if you watch the Celia Cruz biopic, because she's she's cool, Ronald. If you watch the Celia Cruz biopic, which is also on Telemundo, and I had to like DVR it because I couldn't fucking pay That's for so Telemundo funny. because I wasn't down there when it came out, <laughs> you know? So I watched the Celia Cruz biopic, looked at most of the scenes up on YouTube, you know? And so watched it, and man, dude, the story of... She had a lighter sister, about a little bit lighter than me. Celia was dark, right? They were going to this marketplace where all the musicians would play. And Celia wanted to sing. Celia had a beautiful voice, obviously, right? Her sister could sing too. Sing pretty good. Not as good as Celia though, right? She's like, I want to sing. And then they, they're like, you, you can sing in a second. They bring her sister up. She sings, right? They're, they're like, they're eating her up. She's beautiful. She's light-skinned. Great, right? Celia's sitting down. She doesn't understand what's happening. She doesn't understand why this is going the way it is. She's just sitting there. And then, like, her sister's singing, and then she starts, like, just vibing and singing behind her sister, right? And then the whole room stops. And they go, what the fuck? And they let Celia sing. That was the beginning of, like, her, basically the jump start of her career, right? There were talents that she had. You couldn't deny her even though she was dark. It was the same thing with Rolando La Serie. There was nobody else that could do what he did. There was nobody else could do what she did. Tito Puente, the same. Tito Puente was lighter, but he was playing with all these guys. Right. And the same thing is like a great, a great, a great thing to see where the color barrier was broken. Because Hector Lavoe was a, a lighter guy, but still one of the greatest salsa singer, male salsa singers of all time. Now, it's fucked up that J-Lo ruined the biopic because Mark Anthony was perfect yeah. until she made it about her. Like, who's the fuck about Hector's wife? We didn't know her. We don't know who <laughs> she is. But Hector, one of the greatest salsa singers of all time. And you got somebody who's singing salsa in the modern day, Mark Anthony, who was perfect. I remember seeing a video of him singing Aguanile before he got the part, way before he got This is around, like, Contra la Corriente, that, the, when that album came out. And he's singing Aguanile, and it, dude, he was perfect. 
This is another thing J-Lo ruins because she sucks. I'm just kidding. That's going to get back on here. Fine. She, huh? She is fine. Though. Yeah. Her, ah, at least her See, okay, here's the thing. Lie. This thing of me and my dad do too. <laughs> still that wrong. We always, we always go like, my dad's like, bro. <laughs> I don't know. My dad, is, my dad has ranted. What'd you say? I said her hips don't lie. Wrong artist. My, my wrong artist. Yeah. My, my my dad. <laughs> my dad is ranted, like ranted, like he's he's like, bro, the Puerto the Puerto the Puerto Rican women, I can't do it. Like the ass is not like it's not that great for me to be. He'll say that shit, and on top of that, he'll go like the Puerto Rican the the Boricua women they don't age well, and that's true. They actually are the worst. Jennifer Lopez is crushing the game right now. She is, she but how much Botox good. is she taking? I don't know, Chelsea. She would she knows better than I do. I don't think she does Botox. I think she has good genes. She does have good genes. She might have, again, but the African genes from yeah, that, right? 100%. Maybe. Drugs but, and alcohol. Um, yeah. The yeah, thing, yeah, that's the thing herself. about it. But like the most of the Puerto Rican women, and I got, I can't believe I'm saying this on like a podcast, but like that's what my dad is like, man, I, I don't know if I can do it, man. I just can't do it. I don't see the point. Yeah. But it's like, going back to what the Celia thing, it was like the, they had talent that you couldn't deny, even if they were dark. And a great display of that where the color barrier was broken, oh, it was just a great night. One of my favorite live performances is the Ali Frazier fight. Okay? You had everybody there. Pretty much all the influences that rolled into one for me. You had B.B. King. You had the Spinners. James Brown headline closed the show. You had Hector Lavoe, the Fania All-Stars, right? The big band, right? The, then Celia comes out. But you know it was a powerful moment when Celia came out because the Africans looked at her and saw somebody that looked like them. Right. Saying in a different language. Seeing her fly high and what she was doing and they looked like them. That whole concert was powerful. Totally. And I think the kind of thing that makes it more... Uh, like even more powerful is like the argument like the people can make is like, well, somebody that looked like that did succeed, but it was like somebody that looked, looked like that had to be that good to succeed. Right. You but know? That, that, that's the thing. That's, you got, that's yeah. the whole thing about the, the, the whole cult. These are, these are conversations yeah, totally. that, that you have as somebody who is of color. You have to be twice as good. You have to be twice as this to get, half of what this some of these people do totally and people will say oh no that's you playing victim no no there's never been a victim mentality that existed within that line of thinking it's just been how the how the way things work it's just it's just it's a simple numbers game there are more people that look a certain way in this country people that look a certain way relate to other people that look a certain way and that's what they're going to be drawn towards. In order to appeal to the people to look a certain way, mm -hmm. you have to stand out significantly more. That's right? why, right? I, I'm not saying that it's a that it's a good thing. I'm well, saying that's objectively the truth. There's a, but there's a mean? thing like where there's an underlying racist tone to it. Yeah, I mean it's and and, and not 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 that everyone partakes in that. But there's the people that do partake in the racism right. side of it for it, sure. There's a population, but it's also like there's, there's a natural, mm -hmm. I think, instinct to gravitate towards people that look like you because on the surface they represent your experience. You I guess I, I mean? don't, I guess I hundred, I guess I kind of don't understand that. Cause I've gravitated towards people that don't look like me at all. Totally. But and, because like, you live in that culture where predominantly people don't look like you. So there, there was no choice, but it's not but that kinda, it's like, I felt power when I, I feel powerful when Jimi Hendrix is up on stage and somebody looks like me. I feel that. Yeah. I feel power when, you know, Rolando Lasseria is doing his thing or when Celia Cruz is doing their thing. Right. I feel power when somebody like um, 
Thundercat is crushing it. I feel powerful when, you know, all these artists that are of color, but it's like when something grabs me, something moves me, something moves me, and it doesn't matter what the color is. And the thing about it was, is like, the thing about it is like, there's the under, we, the thing about it is we have to address the elephant in the room when it comes to addressing these situations, even thinking about or talking about these situations is we have to not act like there's not a, or even that there's a minimal version of it where there's a underlying racist tone. Like we were talking about totally, in yeah. our cultures <laughs> as a Cubano, as a Dominicano or, 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 or Aision, where there is a racist factor totally, that yeah. applies to, if you're putting the lighter people on brochures to get them to come to your country and the predominant color of your country is darker, what do you think is going to happen in the music industry and things like that? And it's things like that where it doesn't just exist in, it doesn't have to exist in people that speak different languages, man. It's like Brazil. Brazil, okay, Cuba was one of the last places on the, in the planet to outlaw slavery. One of the last places. And they, they, they still exist under dictatorship, so you don't know how much better that got. Right. But Brazil was one of the, another place where it's like, one of the last places to outlaw slavery not that long ago. Right. And there's a colorism barrier, but there's people that look like me and even darker, you know? And that's the thing about, we have to acknowledge, like, we, we, we can give people credit and we can act like, okay, everyone's not bad. And no one's saying that. But we have to acknowledge that these things have an intentional purpose behind them to where, okay, it's like, like you were saying, it's people, they're gravitating to what they're used to seeing. I don't know if I believe that because if people were dancing and shucking and jiving to James Brown back in the day and they were all white, if they were shucking and jiving to Little Richard back in the day and they were all white, if they were doing all this, it doesn't matter how you look. But sometimes, but the reason, but here's the thing that bit them in the ass is Little Richard was still flipping burgers while he had a number one hit out. Right. So, and 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 to, <clears throat> to kind of capitalize more on that, again, the burden that they had to bear, that they had to to to. Uh, to cope with was that um, they had to be that good, right? It Twice was like as good, yeah. Or like not that's you know? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, 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 there couldn't be somebody like, like I'm trying to think of like who was a mediocre performer that was white, but like that was like super popular. But yeah, I mean, just, just, just the thing was like you couldn't just be like mediocre and succeed at that at that time if you were going to be black. Like, you had to be. Like not just great, like there's you had to Jer- stop. There's the whole yeah. Show, there's right? like Jerry Lee Lewis who was amazing, right? But then there's Little Richard, right? Who was not just like like a great pianist and a great writer, but was also like like the what, architect of rock and roll. Yeah, and it's like and and what Jerry Lee Lewis did with, with you know like 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 playing like you know putting his feet up like like Little Richard had to go above and beyond that as a performer. Right, in order to get the recognition that he got, and still didn't see the success that Jerry Lee Lewis saw. Not till later, right? So that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, it's like there's still that kind of we, thing. Yeah, so. and I, all I'm saying is like, yeah, we have to acknowledge, and I'm not saying that you weren't acknowledging. We have to acknowledge the fact that, man, until you do, you have to not. It doesn't get better. It doesn't. It doesn't change. But you have to acknowledge the fact that there is a racist premise behind that. There's no reason why black parents tell you that. That's a conversation you have. And it's not just about music. You know, I had a black mother that, that, that worked in corporate America her whole life. She's married to an, a, a Filipino man. He's gotten farther than her. She got a promotion, but it was like not even an increase in pay. He's like way farther, and they've been working the same amount of time. Yeah. She's seen, and, and black women do, they catch hell. 
she's seen that type of thing. I was in a household where I watched like, you know, that whole thing. And she never brought work home or anything like that. But it was like, you saw like, she was getting there. Not even the defeat, like you getting there. But I literally watched her marry somebody that got way ahead of her in a short amount of time. Yeah. So that thing happens. And then put a black man in that situation. Oh, he's fucked. You know, and I don't mean to say that in such a passive way, but it's like, these are conversations you have with your children as a black mother, black father. I would not, not even about, not even for music. You got to be twice as good at certain things. And yeah, opportunities have opened where you don't have to be maybe in the regular working man stance, but at the same time, there's some things where if it's a hard line between a yes or no, you got to be bringing something way more than the other guy does. Um, I'm curious about this, this debate also because like we had the same conversations growing up when I was a kid, like my dad having his experience, right? Which is also a different time. I didn't grow up in that time and I look you know, white, so like, I didn't really have any problems. Uh, but like the, the conversation was still had, like, you know, the, 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 the conversation about the police, the conversation about like racism. Right, and don't just go the, out by yourself at night. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like the certain kind of things where you're just like, you know, just be aware of certain things, you know? And, and that's the thing about it. People are not aware of these conversations that are had in these households of either different races or whatnot. You know, it's hard to, it's like when people say, oh, it's hard to be a woman walking out at night. It's like, I got the same talk when I was a kid. Don't yeah. go out by yourself at night. Yeah. Because of the people that are supposed to protect and serve you or the, there's people that are out there that will do you harm just because of how you look. Totally. So people like the women that go, you don't know what it's like to not go out at night or be afraid. I do. Yeah, it's a different kind of thing. You know, it's a different kind of thing. I'm not saying that not disparaging what women go through or at anybody all. struggles just it's just it's not like like the, like the point there's not, not one better than the other yeah, it's just, but it's, it's like i I, I do know where you're coming from yeah there's that had that's a that is a talk that every black mother or black father has most of the time it's the black mother that has with their son look if you're going out at night i want to know where you are please don't be by yourself yeah you know and we saw things like that come out come about where it's proven to you that there's reasons why they say that the whole Jordan Davis situation the whole Trayvon Martin situation you know Mm -hmm. that happens all the time and shit like that don't make the news little black boys disappear little black girls disappear you know and we don't talk about this thing too often but it's like when we talk about oh you don't know what it's like I do yeah, I st- there's there's definitely a class thing that plays into that too because there's a lot of situations that happen across race borders. You know what I mean? Like there's no oh yeah, like race isn't a barrier to 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 situations. I think uh, as far as like things not getting talked about, there's plenty of people that just don't have resources or like access to media or like what don't have the know how to like to get their situation heard. There's well, a lot of things that kind of go untalked about. It's, you know, it's that, but see, here's the thing: the thing about the talk about media is this because everybody. When you talk, when you get political, right, and people talk about, oh, you know, especially with politics, people are like, well, where do you get your news? I get my news from Fox. Or I get my news from CNN. It's like, this is shit that's passed down, man. Like, if you know what's going on, you know what's going on. I kind of stopped listening to news after Rush Limbaugh passed. It's not real news. It's like it's like this, man. People want to depend on news. Like somebody tried to tell me, man, black people are scared because of the way the media portrays it. It's like, man, black people watch the news, but we be knowing what's going on before yeah, that. Yeah, totally, totally, It's not, totally. no one strikes fear into our hearts like from society. that. 
No, we know because it's happened. Totally. And try arguing. I've had to argue that to people. Not even argue that, but like get you to understand, like, look, man, this ain't no, this is being swayed by the left and the right and the Republicans and the Democrats. This is called being black in America. Yeah. This is called being a certain color if in you, America. If you, have, if you have like an exposure to those cultures when you're younger, you hear the conversations happening yeah. and you know that that's... This is called my grandfather it. being pulled over 20, 40 years ago yeah. because they was looking for some random black man. Totally. This is called like my, you know, somebody I know being pulled over and them unlawfully pulling the keys out of his pocket while he's handcuffed to search, search his car. Yeah, you could beat the case, which which he did. But it's like things like that and even worse things. I don't want to say on a podcast, you know, this is not stuff that's I don't watch the news. Yeah. So that'll tell you how much, you know, is going on and what circulates and what you you see a room full of people of color and they see a situation. They know how to react because they know how the way things are. Yeah, totally. And it's nothing more hurtful or detrimental or demeaning when you know the way things are and people turn around and try to make excuses for the way things are or act like that's not the way things yeah, are. Like and, 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 and defer it to that and go, oh, well, you know, that's just the news. or That's just Biden. Or, that's just Trump. Nobody's talking about politics, man. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. I don't give a shit about any of that crap. Because it has nothing to do with me. It doesn't benefit me really in any way. Everybody's like, well, Donald Trump, you know, he did more for this. And Barack Obama wasn't this. And Biden wasn't that. Man, it's a, it's a black dude in office. It's a, it's a rich dude who doesn't care for it about anybody but himself in office. And now we got a senior citizen in office. That's all I see. Yeah. <laughs> Feel that. Uh, where do we land on American cheese? That is not. That's, that is not. <laughs> what that is the not, fuck? Thank you, that, was that was crazy. Perfect timing on that. I've got to take. Such a wicked piss. Well, let's wrap it up then. I just got to do some popular opinion though. We can just wrap it up. It's like three hours long, man. Oh, yeah, three hours long. Not trying to did I go over? Because I'm so sorry if I did. No, it's not. We're just fucking hanging out, bro. What's your unpopular opinion? Unpopular. Oh shit. Uh, I had one, but I don't want to offend you, so I don't want to say. No, offend me. I don't get offended, bro. I don't like the fact. There you go. Here we go. You said well, fact, you already offended me. <laughs> I don't like the fact that you can't say openly that you don't like the Beatles without somebody coming in, like, trying to, like, you know, in, a, in like... Is that the one thing else. that might offend them? That's what I'm saying. See, that's, see, that's what I'm saying. So let me pick another one. Let's, no, that's a good one. Uh, that's that's fair. The problem like, is I think that people say that they, say that they don't like the... And I'm not saying this is you because you're clearly well-educated on music. So I believe that you've probably heard a lot of shit and it's just not your thing. Most people that uh, don't like the Beatles uh, haven't heard anything by them, or by the time they have, it was too late. I like the Beatles. Too late. I like. Here's the thing. It's made for kids. I like the Beatles separately. They're all badass separately. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for John, he was like completely like. I think whipped whipped by Yoko Ono. I don't know what the fuck like that. (laughs) I don't know what that was. But anyway, that's not. We're not gonna talk on that man's personal life. But McCartney, badass musician. Mm Ringo, uh, one, I just want one drum maybe, solo. Maybe a pot, like... Oh, uh, in the end, uh, Abbey Road. 
He's yeah. he he keeps people like people yeah. are like he keeps time, but then there's like professional drum, and this is in me saying oh, so. Bernard don't get Purdy it. went in there and did like what was a Hard Day's Night or mm-hmm. one of the earlier records. Bernard Purdy played all the drums on that. Right, so there are people the that literally. I was talking to a friend, my friend of mine. He's in the Marine band, like he's in the Marines and he plays drums in the Marines. I was like, yeah, Ringo Starr is like the shittiest drummer I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I'm like, goddamn. <laughs> well, and so there's I, a reason why he's not the only drummer in the All Star band. Right, right. Jo- George Harrison, love him. Yeah. To death. I Creative mean, guy, I, yeah. fantastic guy. My thing was like, they didn't even like each other. They were a concoction. They were forced to be together. Yeah. They didn't even like each other. So it's like, why do you expect me to like them? Well, and I, and then again, they did have some decent stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it was like some decent stuff. I mean, they had it. They had they, great they stuff. Changed the face of culture. I get it, but at the same time, it's not too different from the whole One Direction premise where you put a group of guys together you feed them songs and then they come out and yeah that would be i've got peace so bad bad you want to take a break like well me and him will talk while you go no man let's just wrap it up it's been like three hours i'm trying i'm so sorry and everything like that but yeah (laughs) i think we just call it and this is hilarious we don't have to call we can if y'all want to keep going i'm down i can't i'm so sorry boys i'm so sorry but I will say that it's a different thing. They got together on their own. They, and they were did. Writing songs, but then but like, when the machine stepped in, it was like, Ugh. yeah, there was there was more at stake at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was like it was just like me. It was like I, I I get it. And they they were a super group and they were very influential. But it was just like, I guess I can say they didn't really do much for me. You Fair. Know? So I, that's all I can say. As <laughs> so far funny as that. that he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom so bad. Yeah, the Beatles will suck. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, it's 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 painful. I'm about to piss my. All head right, head. all right, bro. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is awesome, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. Absolutely. All the questions you were gonna ask. No, I know. If I don't have to reference that sheet, it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for hanging out. We'll see you guys next time. Adios, muchachos. Holy fuck. This is the worst I've had to pee in years. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>